What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Renegade Capes on the Renegade Pop Culture Podcast Network. My name is Mike. I'll be your host for this evening. Joining me, most always, is uh, Brock. How you guys. doing there, sweetheart? We're going to go talk about some movies. It's going to be great. <laughs> and making their uh, Renegade Pop Culture debut, please welcome CJ. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate us. any any time to talk about Batman. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! Um, as you can see by the title, we are talking about the Batman, the um, what is it, fifth, sixth um, live action um, iteration of the Cape Crusader. It is the eighth. That's eighth? right. No, wait. If you count the Justice League movies, it's the tenth. <laughs> Jesus, there's a lot of them. Because you had all the Burton and Schumacher films. You had the three uh, Dark Knight movies. You had his two appearances in Justice League and um, and BBS. So technically, if you count all of them, it's the 10th movie. Anyway, um, yeah. this this movie is directed by Matt Reeves from a screenplay he co-wrote with Peter Craig. Takes place um, during his second year um, on his... Uh, never-ending crusade um so in this movie he ventures into gotham city's underworld when a sadistic killer known as the riddler leaves behind a trail of cryptic clues as the evidence begins to lead closer to home and the scale of the perpetrator's plans become clear he must forge new relationships unmask the culprit and bring justice to the abuse of power and corruption that has long plagued the metropolis so before we dive too deep into this, um, and you have been warned at the bottom, there will be spoilers. I want to get everyone's uh, general impressions. Brock, um, starting with you, your uh, general thoughts. Um, it is officially my new favorite Batman movie. I'll just throw it out there. I really liked it. It's it's one of the things where I've never outright disliked a Batman film that's come out. I have some serious issues with how the latter third of the Dark Knight Rises played out. But like every movie, in my opinion, like they've always had like one thing where it was like you had the physicality in the this of that one, but it was missing the detective work. You had this one where you didn't have the fighting, but it had the this and the that. This one, in my opinion, had a good chunk of all of it that you want out of a Batman movie, in my opinion. I really liked it. And CJ, your thoughts? Um, I liked it fine. I, uh, <laughs> I uh, went into it uh, very excited uh, uh, just to see a new Batman thing, even, uh, even though my mileage with how much Batman I want varies. Uh, but that last trailer really got to me and I was like, okay, let's go. And then I went in and for the first two thirds of it, I was like, yeah. This is so much good stuff. And then uh, I started to feel feel the minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I started to feel the minutes. Uh, but by the end of it, I was just like, yeah, good Batman thing, good. Um, I don't, I, I have uh, lots to say about it. Some people may not think that I like it after we finish with the conversation, but I want to assure everyone that I do. <laughs> yeah, that's good to be critical of things you like. Yeah. Um, 
I my my sentiments basically echo Brock's. Um, this is the Batman movie that I have wanted pretty much my entire life. Um, for those who don't know, I was born the same year that Batman the Animated Series premiered. Nice. So Batman has been a constant presence um, throughout my childhood and even really my adulthood. And um, I also, again, like Brock said, every Batman movie, even the bad ones, got at least one element right. Whether it was like the relationship between Bruce and Alfred, um, you know, his physical prowess, um, even, even like, um, to a lesser extent, the relationship between the rogues gallery. Mm -hmm. This is the first movie, especially in live action to get everything about the character, right. Um, whether whether or not that makes a good movie for everyone is in the is in the eye of the beholder, and we'll get into uh, the details later on. But this is like th this this movie. There, there's a reason why it's called the Batman mm -hmm. because at least according to Matt Reeves, this is like the definitive version. So. We'll, we'll we'll approach this uh, this podcast like an iceberg. We'll start we'll start by scratching the surface, and then we'll just keep going di uh, deeper. Can Starting... start out with one thing. We have a comment. Oh yes, um, Joshua Tyler says I like the Rorschach uh, like narrations. That was a nice touch. And yeah, that's that's literally the first thing you hear is um, I I don't know if um, if most people are aware of this, but um you usually when you re when you read comics um you get to hear the inner or you get to read the inner monologue of characters in like these square thought bubbles and that was the first thing that came to my mind when you hear Robert Pattinson's uh voiceover any anyone else get that same impression oh absolutely it was very much a, a tone setter and a like there's some people where it's just like you can't it's your onomatopoeia you're describing the situation sounds all that going around but it's yeah it was very much self-narration it's like this is panel work that they're doing and that's that's the thing i really liked yeah i enjoyed it as well i didn't i had heard that there was going to be narration and it gave me um it just the the uh the idea that it would have narration gave me like original cut of Blade Runner vibes. And I was like, oh no, that doesn't sound like something that I want. Uh, but I was pleasantly surprised with it in the theater. I actually wish that there was a little bit more of it. Um, I agree. I, I agree because um, it, do, it does kind of feel like um, it's really just kind of bookends when we probably should be getting a, a little bit more if if they wanted that to be a consistent element, I, I can't confirm or nor deny, um, Reeves's exact intentions for the voiceover, but as 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 it is, I I liked it. Yeah, when he's like talking to himself, writing in his journals about how the days go and stuff like that, it was kind of, in, yeah, inner monologue and stuff like that. That was good. Like the only times, like outside the very end of the 
the very beginning of the movie, the very start, they have one, another one, unless I'm missing it, like right after he had gone to the Iceberg Lounge, they had himself narrating about the, the nights becoming a haze and mm-hmm. when he's taking the the uh, contact out. I remember if there's uh, any other ones. I, I but, really yeah, only remember a, a couple amount. of times at the at the beginning and then yeah. at the end. But I did appreciate it as a framing device. Yeah. And I also uh, think that it was a good uh, sort of auditory companion to what you were seeing on screen. I really like the way that they're playing with shadows. At the beginning, the movie got to the point towards the middle where I was having difficulties seeing things. And maybe this is just on me. I've been watching a lot of movies like from before 2005. (laughs) And everybody and everybody tells me that they're like overlit. But I'm just like, are they or can you just see? I, I, I just I like being able to like tell the geography of uh, of what everything where everything is and i and i i never lost me but i i wanted uh to i wanted the lighting to be just a tad bit more creative so we could still get the sort of sense of in uh the the imposing nature of Batman as sort of like this mythic figure within Gotham City and how CD Gotham was supposed to be, but actually, but actually be able to sort of like visually appreciate the production design a little bit more. But I think that they really caught a good balance for it right at the beginning, uh, the part where the uh, spray paint can is rolling into that door, yeah. um, the all, all that kind of stuff. Also, the way that the uh, Gotham uh, Square, I guess, is what they call their version of Times Square. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way Gotham Square uh, is lit up, I I think that that was such a um, an interesting visual callback to the Arkham games, which I don't play, but I am I am a I'm I'm familiar with their their visuals. Um, this movie reminded me a lot, um, content wise of Aquaman bear with me because yes. because Aquaman which is uh to date probably my favorite DC movie like of it's, this it's sort in of my modern, top five. modern era um but it's so good because it kind of just leaves everything on the table if you have been a fan of Aquaman at any point in time from his introduction in the comics to the super friends the Justice League cartoon to anything you can think of to the you know to like his like Baywatch era in the fucking nineties or whatever. Sorry, am I allowed to? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. Let her loose. You know, all of that stuff is being represented in that movie in a way that takes it seriously, but is in no way insecure about how silly it is. And one thing that I love about this movie in comparison to Batman movies since uh, let's say. 1997 is that this movie is in my opinion very silly and completely embraces it in in a way that like i feel like other batman things like christopher nolan's uh trilogy uh i hesitate to use the word ashamed i don't think that they were ashamed of being batman movies i think that they felt that they through their particular approach to Batman and his world, were elevating it in some way, like it needed to be improved. And then when Zack Snyder came along, he all of his 
sort of interpretations of these characters come from a very specific place. They come from specific comics that the com those comics themselves were very insecure about being comics. And this movie, in my opinion, does none of that. It is completely, it, it, it very much wants to be taken seriously. It's very much trying to appeal to the version of Batman that everybody likes today, but it, it, in that way. Um, but it is also willing to throw the, the comic booky shit at you, all the references, all that kind of stuff at you without a hint of irony. It is like, this is this world. You're invited in, catch the wave. And I really enjoy it in that, that way. Um, when Brock and I were talking earlier, I described I described the experience of watching this movie as like reading a six to twelve issue uh, trade paperback, because even even just in the way it's paced, um, mm -hmm. it 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 felt like it, it it just felt like the comics. Not not just in terms of you know superficial elements, but the fact that we have um, in this movie three major villains in the Riddler, Penguin, Catwoman, but we also have Falcone, mm -hmm. and they are planting the seeds of, like, 50 other sequels and spinoffs down the road, which we'll mm -hmm. talk about later. Um, re really, what Matt Reeves is doing is he's he's building a universe, but not in, like, an obvious way, like, say the 2017 mummy film it everything feels organic and he makes the world Forgot feel, about that movie. It, so he makes the world else. feel uh lived in. <laughs> yeah he made, yeah what, what he did is he's like hey this is stuff that will get mentioned by people that live in gotham city and i like that approach to any type of subject like, there should be hand-holding on some things that people have never heard about them, but for crying out loud, this is Batman. Like, make these people in this world act like they live in the world. Like, with I was talking with Mike earlier. They're like, cool, we're going to the Iceberg Lounge to go find this guy. They didn't take 10 minutes to describe what the Iceberg Lounge was. You just went there. Literally, as soon as they said the words Iceberg Lounge, I, I had, like, a little gap. <gasps> I, I was I was yeah. really excited. I was just like I didn't. Yeah. That's that's very. It, it it seemed like my perfect Batman thing would be this, this movie with like the sort of coloring and tones of Birds of Prey because Batman for me is always very bizarre, like that in in a way that I don't think that this movie is terribly bizarre, but like maybe we'll get there. And it seems like it's always like two steps away from like uh the penguin having penguins you know it is just it it's it it all it seems like it is like just just over the horizon we're gonna get really silly and really crazy and really bizarre and but in a way that is uh, uh i hate the word grounded as much as i hate the word gritty but uh i in a way that it has um has some weight, has some fidelity, and um, is not so far removed, far removed from our world as to seem unfamiliar. Um, and I, I think that's a really good bridging of the gap between, like, say, if there's like a spectrum between Nolan and Burton, 
Listen, give the camera shot here. There's a yeah. spectrum between Nolan and Burton. I would say Reeves is like here. Yeah. Yeah. I, he, I, I think he, I can agree he, with that. he is very much splitting the difference in a way that I find really exciting going forward because I was not. I don't have a lot of superlatives to say about this movie in particular, even though I enjoyed it, but is being, I think things are being teed up for a sequel that is like great. Yeah. Like I told Mike earlier about the thing you said where it's teetering on, where it could get silly. I think the perfect midpoint between staying in this style, but kidding kind of in the realm of okay, stupid would be Mad Hatter. Like where it's like he's a guy who's obsessed with Lewis Carroll, so he's got a guy that looks like the freaking uh that looks like the bat like looks like the like oh now all their names are escaping me. The caterpillar that smokes. Ah uh, um mm. either way, like the Cheshire cat, like all that. He's looking for his Alice. You could have some weirdo that did that, and it would be just dumb enough, but you're like in this movie. They take no seconds hesitation to just start calling him the Riddler. No one's like, we're really going to call him the Riddler. There was none of those that was like, no, we're just calling him Riddler. Because we have nothing else. It wasn't the question mark, man. It's a no, he's Riddler. That, I like how yeah. it was just, we're going with it. Yeah, I think I think overall, that's just that's just the approach I've, I've been waiting for. No, um, no, like, overt self-awareness. No, like insecurity just we're doing the thing yeah and see we should tell cj what we've kind of said because i think it agrees with what he was kind of bringing up when you were talking about how you were trying to describe the nolan films me and mike kind of are in an agreement that batman begins is a batman movie that is very happy to be a batman movie night dark night and dark night rises are christopher nolan movies that happen to have batman characters in them i would agree Okay, <laughs> it's like I kind of get I get what you're going from with that. So I would agree. Uh, Batman Begins is my favorite of those films, and um, it is. <laughs> uh, and and yeah, like and I enjoy The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight Rises has things that I really, really that I find really compelling. Um, but um, I would rather something like what Reeves is doing here over it any day. Um, I I think that. Um, uh, I, I do have a question for y'all. Um, did y'all, uh, there's this character Dory who is sort of like this uh, housemaid kind of character that lives in, with in, Bruce in, in, in Alfred in the manor. Where'd she come from kind of thing? <laughs> okay, so I thought, uh, they called her Dory, so that kind of shot my hopes down. I thought she was like Aunt Harriet from the from the Adam West show. Oh, she, okay. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, that was um, the inspiration, but be. just not, but not like, um, not like a direct lift from the, from the series. Because mm -hmm. apparently- I mean, Aunt Harriet was in the was comics and stuff too, so. Yeah. Like apparently that Pete Savage guy is a character directly ripped from an episode of the Adam West TV show, apparently. I've heard that be somewhere. There's apparently a couple of little names for characters that were directly only in the Adam West TV show, supposedly. I have no idea, but and see de would, details like yeah. details like this are why um I describe the Batman to people as like a Batman sausage. Like this this movie is built on the shoulders of everything that's come before, but it's but it's all 
wrapped in the casing of Reeves's own unique sensibilities. Mm -hmm. I I have um, yeah. It, that I hope that it is sort of in reference or sort of like as an homage to the to the Aunt Harriet character, specifically because I just think the Batman stuff has always been like for decades now has been so deeply like ash ashamed of Adam West. I mean, Adam West, I'm a big Adam West person. Adam West and the, the Batman series, they have their fans and stuff like that, very obviously. Um, but like Batman culture at large has always like sort of shunted it off to a corner. And I think that um, there are certain parts of this movie that definitely, definitely live in the spirit uh, of that show, including the car. Love the car. Don't love the chase, but I love the car. It's the best Batmobile they've ever made, in my opinion. I would. I would Any Batmobile that. that isn't a tank, I will take at this point. <laughs> I thought it was more intimidating than the tank. We're gonna be honest. I told Mike I had I I was aroused to the point of being noticeable when the hum of that Batmobile started, and then they kicked the blue flame out of the back of that. I'm like. Nope, that that just the rest of you lose. That Batmobile is already the coolest thing I've seen. It's been on screen for two seconds. <laughs> just, just so we're on the on the same page, um, did we all see this in Dolby? No, I saw it in my my local theater. I did not. Okay, unfortunately not. Because I, I I saw it um, both times. I saw it um, were in the Dolby theater, and this is this is the way to see the movie. Yeah, and it like. Man, the one thing that I like as far as like set toning, like just one thing that I think this movie does incredibly great is atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And one thing that I love that is just a Batman thing. The rest of this movie takes place in 2020, 2020, whatever year they do. But perpetually Gotham will always take place in 1980. <laughs> like the town will never be modern day. I always love how that does that. Everything else they have the like I said, the freaking contact scanner he sets on the computer, and then he's going down to the Hava to go to the iceberg lounge of like it that's never gonna change. I love that. I love it so much. I, I also um really appreciate from a production design wise how seamlessly they blended the photography the photography from London uh and the American uh, the the domestic stuff. I thought that um mm -hmm. th th there wasn't a point there are points in um in like the Nolan films where you're just like, that's Chicago, that's New York, that's wherever. And, but um, I, I like that this Gotham, it has all of those elements. It feels sort of like uh, the, a, a real world Gotham, like the stuff that was presented in the Nolan movies. And it doesn't teeter fully into sort of like the Gothic art deco stuff of the, the Burton, the Burton films, but you do get like hints of it. Like um, there's a lot of um, uh, shots of the cemetery. Um, they actually, uh, uh, it was like, I guess one of the first set photos that ever came out from the Batman, but it turned out to be from like the end of the movie <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. where they're on the motorcycles uh, and, they're, uh, we're, and they're sort of like parting ways. But the, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, they really seamlessly blended this version of Gotham together in a way that I found uh, uh, compelling and wasn't pointed by. It wasn't sterile, um, but it also uh, didn't 
take you out of the proceedings. Because I think that if you had sort of like a Burton style Gotham that was so highly stylized, it kind of might have subtracted from uh, the, the the sort of tight, the high wire act that they're doing between sort of the more fantastical elements of Batman that we want to sort of give people a baseline for understanding and accepting. Um, and, um, you know, the Batman that people have come to accept at the movies. Um, I think that it, it's really good in that way. One thing that I think helped with that a lot in this movie is unless they were investigating murder scenes, they realistically only went to like three or four places. You never had a lot of outside shots of to show where they're shooting. They were in the Iceberg Lounge. They were in the GCPD. They were at Selena's apartment or they were at Wayne Tower. Outside of that, you were in a place where you were investigating what the Riddler did, and you almost never saw the actual city. So that helped a lot outside of like Gotham Square. You saw that shot a lot, but it was like, no, this is Gotham. You're not gonna like see the freaking uh, Statue of Liberty in the background or like something random. It helps a lot with immersion when it's like, we're keeping you in this moment. We're not doing wide casting skyscraper shots and like, stuff like that it it was very this movie only wanted to be about the things it was showing and i liked that a lot yeah, yeah. um uh, go ahead sorry as far as the like the um production design um apparently apparently and this was probably due to covid too um yeah. this this movie used um the same um stagecraft technology as like as uh the mandalorian so that yeah. must that must be why the the film cost like a very lean one hundred million dollars um, because they 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 really yeah. they 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 were they were very um economic with uh, their location shots. Yeah. Hey, man, you can save some money and do things safely. I kind of begrudge you of it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. Let, I, I, let's get into some characters. What did we think of Robert Pattinson's Batman? I thought he was good. They haven't shown a weirdo shutcase version of outside of Keaton's at first. They haven't shown the I have bags under my eyes. I never leave my household version of Bruce Wayne. And because like you had this, you had, uh, Ah, oh, Christian Bale, where like he was very okay with being a socialite and acting like he was what Bruce Wayne people think he is, and he was out and stuff like that. I like that they were show like that he encapsulated the Bruce Wayne that's actively irritated that he has to be Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I like that a lot. <laughs> I, this, I thought he did good. Um, Pat Pattinson was great at exactly the type of Bruce Wayne that you'd see, who still kind of figuring out his identity like like i said this is only this is only batman in year two so he doesn't know how to be bruce wayne yet mm -hmm. however people still expect him to be bruce wayne hence the remark that um that uh mayor rail um tells him at the funeral like um so your family was uh, known for philanthropy, but what the hell are you doing? Yeah, exactly. You're just sitting in your house. One thing that he did really good also is voice work. And I didn't notice it, how much that it, he was really good at like making him not sound like himself. 
until you have the scene where he's in the car when the package is sent to Wayne Tower and you see him in the bat suit talking normally on the phone. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, holy crap. <laughs> like, yeah, you did very good with making the Bruce Wayne and Batman differentiating voices work because, yeah, he, he overall, I opinion, he did very good at just losing himself into the character which he's a good actor which a lot of people don't give him credit for because they didn't decide in, to see any of the little indie movies that he did oh and because because this is the year 2022 i can officially say it has been 10 fucking years since the end of twilight let it go already <laughs> you want to know who hated twilight more than anyone everyone who was involved with twilight <laughs> exactly <laughs> they're with you they didn't like it either <laughs> And if we judged everyone off of one bad performance, well, it's like the people that didn't like Twilight think it should be burned to death and everyone involved with it should be shot and their family should be shunned. Like, like, it is, if you didn't people, like it, people do go. Yeah. Um, I, I don't mind Twilight. And neither does Robert Pattinson, at least anymore. Uh, but the, uh, I, he cut such an astonishing figure. Um, the, the stuff where he's like sort of being Bruce Wayne and he doesn't have the mask on, um, left a lot to be desired in my opinion, but maybe that's just because I'm sort of so used to like the sort of idea of Bruce Wayne that I'm sort of like, I need to sort of buy more into this version and watch him become whatever. Uh, but while he's Batman, he cuts such an astonishing figure just because he's so slender. He's so tall and slender. And he also has, I think, the single strongest jawline of anybody who has ever played Batman. Like, I didn't, post- like the only one that comes close is Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Dude has um, a big jaw. Uh, maybe Lowry, um, the guy who was in the 40 serials. He's from, he's from my hometown. Um, nice. nice. The, uh, but he cuts such a crazy figure in this. I was so astonished at how intimidating they were able to make him uh, with just sort of manipulating sound. Uh, the suit, when you like look at it, like in a set photo or like even just sort of like, in a medium shot, doesn't look like it's incredibly heavy, especially because he's moving so quickly with it. But um, I, uh, the sort of lumbering way that he's introduced when he's like um, sort of skulking up on those uh, gang members who are like beating people up on the subway and um, like those, those stumps uh are were super effective dug the shit out of it i think that um uh the movie spends so much time with him in the batman suit in close-up so you just get to see his eyes Mm -hmm. um and see him react uh there's a scene in which like he knows that his secret identity is too close to the case at this point and he but he can't sort of put that on and he can only like let us know that with his eyes Mm -hmm. while he is trying to convince everybody else that everything is cool and leave and i think that that is fantastic i hope that i think that there is uh more digging that pattinson can do with that character 
Uh, I also enjoyed the voice. Big fan of ASMR of Batman or whatever it's called. <laughs> I, I, I think that it. I, I think that it is. Um, uh, it, it it strains disbelief sometimes because he'll be talking and someone will be like three feet away and <laughs> like they can hear him perfectly. But um, but I I really enjoyed his uh, his stiffness. It really reminded me of. Mary Elizabeth Winstead's Huntress in Birds of Prey. There is a sort of homeschool quality <laughs> to, 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 to both those characters that I find that uh, makes it different from other Batmans that we, we've seen. But I also find someone endearing because he still doesn't know everything that he's supposed to be doing. It's still sort of flying by the seat of his pants at this point. And I like his interplay with uh, with Gordon in this. I think that they have a really, in, uh, like an intensely lived in camaraderie mm-hmm. that um, didn't need to be explained to you. They were just there and you bought it and you were there. It, it was it was really good. I think I'm I'm excited to see more of him as Batman. Small Can I just detail. say that um, this might be Jeffrey Wright's best performance, and if 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 not his best, at least his most um, emotive. Yeah, he was um, up there because I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I've noticed over like the past like decade, he's kind of been typecast as like this very specific type of character, but here he gets to be a human who just mm-hmm. happens to live in like a city that's basically hell on earth. Yeah. Um and his and his only real comrade is a guy who dresses up like a bat. Yeah. Small detail about Pattinson that I appreciated and it, and it probably wasn't Pattinson's call on this, but I believe it's the first live action Batman that openly acknowledges the fact that he has to put eye makeup on when he puts the cowl on because when he takes it off and he's sitting in the chair, all that crap is still on his face. Oh yeah, no, he's definitely the first. And and that. he and like he is, he looks so great in that shot. We've all seen the shot. It was memed yeah. to death you know, as yeah. soon as the trailer came out. But yeah. we've all seen the shot. He looks great. And and mm-hmm. my and I, I want to pivot from performance into into looks because he looks great in that scene. But he never looks that great again. And I get that he's supposed to be. Like disheveled and not care about that stuff and the, uh, and stuff like that. But I, um, I, I think that um, when you um, have someone like Pattinson and and you, muses like Pattinson and and Zoe Kravitz, I really wish. And this maybe goes to the fact that we couldn't see much in terms of like brightness. <laughs> of the film at large, um, they get Jacqueline Duran to do the costumes. And you can't really see the costumes, except for Zoe Kravitz uh, in the sort of leather boussier and pants get up. Uh, she looked like straight out of Batman Year One. Um, it was like amazing to see. She She looks so much like Darwin Cook's Catwoman. It's crazy. Yes. Absolutely. Um, that let let's let's just talk about Catwoman because I think Zoe Kravitz is probably the like 
the most perfect choice to play that character, mm-hmm. which I know we're kind of stressing. Um, um, I know I know we've been stressing the Nolan films um, a lot, but I am very frustrated with the fact that Kravitz was originally going to be in, or she was like, she was like auditioning for The Dark Knight Rises, and she was rejected for being too urban, which is sure. or ridiculous. Sure. Yeah. Zoe Kravitz, daughter of Lisa Bonet and Lenny Kravitz. Too urban. All right. Um, so it just, it just makes me happy that she's even in this movie and just knocks it out of the park. It's like, no, yes. Selena Kyle, who's known for her high-rise, highfalutin, upper-class personality. We can't have that. We gotta go get Anne Hathaway. I'm like, and I didn't hate Anne Hathaway, but I'm like... Actually, I actually genuinely love Anne Hathaway. I know. She's I'm not saying that. Like the best part of that movie. <laughs> she was great. And they even had the freaking cat ears when she put her goggles up. I'm like, that was a nice touch. Oh, she was like, That's like Julie Newmar. I was like, ugh, yes. But yeah, I thought it was great. Um, we have a, uh, a late, uh, student coming to class. Um, Henry, how you doing? Uh, doing good, man. Sorry I'm late, professor. I was caught up in LA traffic. I'm not even kidding about that. Oh, all, all good. We completely that. understand. It is like that. fucking vicious. Like, dude, like <laughs> there is like, I, I'm from Washington. Like the traffic's bad there, but dude, like, dude, if you like cut somebody off, like in LA, they will get out of your car and say, "What the fuck is it?" It was it was so funny. It was like really funny. And the guy was like in his like this like plaid stuff. There was like in his like this tanked up. It's like what the fuck? I was like, get away from me. But anyway, um, I'm sorry I'm late. I feel really shitty about it. And uh, here I am. And no worries, uh, man. I'm guessing you guys are like uh, guys are into the spoiler spoiler stuff. You know? Not really. We're just kind of We're... discussing characters. Yeah. Really? Um. First of all, just um, before we continue where we left off, um, your general impressions of the Batman? I really like the the Batman. I love the movie. It's probably my favorite DC movie in a long while. And, I, and again, I'm, I'm more of a Marvel guy, but I have liked some of the more recent DC films a lot more. Like, again, I'm, I'm a fan of both, y'all. You know, I I, I don't want to I don't want to be like a, I don't want to be targeted by DC fans saying, "Oh, you Marvel shill, you're just taking that Feige check." But, you know, other than that, uh, yeah, the movie was great. I loved it. It was fantastic. Our Pattinson, fantastic problem with your Batman, Colin Farrell as the Penguin, mm, spot on. Basically my uncle, you know. <laughs> hey, take it easy there, bucko. How are you doing there, sweetheart? Yeah, you know. Uh, so, we were, so we were talking about Catwoman and how, um, how pretty much she is, she, she was born to play this character. Oh, yeah. Um. What 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 you what do you think of her? Uh, she was like really good. She was awesome. She wasn't like my favorite, but she was like pretty pretty damn solid. And you know what? Some people are gonna say, "Oh man, does that mean you hate her?" It's like, no. I I thought she was great. You know, I just wanted to see more of her in the movie, just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I know she's in a lot of the movie, but I, I I would love to see an HBO Max spinoff of like her like in like the Hell Razor thing. You yes. see? Yes. I got I got bad G's on, on my side here. Yes. I would kill. I would kill, kill, kill. In a video for, game, not in real life. For a uh get monetized. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it's coming here. We, we, we'll 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 get to that a little later because at the end of this at the end of the show, um I have 
I have five things that I want to see in just the general Batman future. Not necessarily mm. one sequel, but like spinoffs too. Um, but yeah, Cat Catwoman is great. I love the um, I love the both the sexual chemistry and just just the regular chemistry between her and Pattinson. I thought yeah. they played off each other well. Um, it's obviously this is like before um, Bruce um, brings on like an actual Robin, but it's kind of, it's kind of it's kind of fun seeing Did him. You know who I want is like a Robin though. You you ready for it, guys? Uh, some decent fans are gonna hate me for this. I want a Tom Holland Robin with a Robert Pattinson man. That'd be like so like funny to me. Hmm. It's so perfect. old. He's like twelve. <laughs> You know, he's he's so old, Tom Holland. Um, the uh, no, I I think that uh, they work very well together, Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz. I do think that all of these various and sundry magazine covers that they are appearing on together are selling a movie that is not the movie that we get. <laughs> I agree. And <laughs> that's most movies for being. Are honest. you trying to tell me that there's not some steamy sex pot? Side story where they just You're... break that table that's in the middle of Wayne. Sarah, but I have to ask you to leave the theater. <laughs> You're really disturbing the kids. It, I think uh, in Batman Returns, Batman Returns is an incredibly horny movie. And now, uh, now, <laughs> and it is so it is so one sided. At least when he's Batman. Uh, Catwoman is, is very aggressive uh, in in that way, and uh, he's kind of just sort of like sitting there being sort of to just be honest, a lot of those. And it's a rich white dude in a bat suit. I'm pretty sure, like, he can get sex whatever he wants. I, I feel like you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I wish that this movie would let her like be that a little more. I, I understand that there is a, uh, that there may be some sort, of, uh, some sort of objection to that at this point, but I also think that the movie was kind of missing an overwhelming sort of sexual aura in the way that I think the visual language, the stuff on screen was trying to tell me it was there. Uh, but I think that there was a bit of a disconnect between Pattinson's portrayal of Batman and the Selena Kyle character. Not to say that they didn't work at all. I would like to see more of them together. I would just like to see that fleshed out a little bit more. So Maybe when... Remember, guys, he's not allowed to have sex. Batman oh. wouldn't go down on a woman. Heroes don't do that. Mm. Remember? I, I... <laughs> yeah, I think there's a larger <laughs> conversation uh, Yes, he, he has to ask for consent or G or yeah, <laughs> Or no zero. He's a responsible adult who pays his taxes. <laughs> um, Not really. <laughs> jumping off what CJ said, I think there's a larger conversation to be had about movie, movies in general um, lacking that sort of um, horn, horniness, um, to put to put it one way. And maybe we grew up in a really a really interesting time because when we were younger, movies were incredibly all of them, 
all of Batman this. Forever was incredibly horny also. Do we not remember the multiple times that she just showed up in a negligee on the like banister going, I mean, oh, yeah. I don't want to have sex with you. Now I want to have sex with Batman. But wait, I might want to have sex with Batman and not you. I and I I, I just think that um uh Batman means a lot of things to a lot of different people. He's a power fantasy. He is a uh he is copaganda to some people. He is uh you know a representation a representation of sort of like I don't know the benevolent rich in some ways. He is the guy that would always be there. He's a sexual object to some and I think that um, as much as we're talking, you're, you're about, breaking up, by the way. As much as we're, we're talking, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, can can everyone hear me? No, you're good. It's all right. Yeah. You're. It's just it's, going. Really, trust me. Again. That happened to me one time before. Where I was like having like, this very important monologue, and it just like cut off. And so like, oh, I, it's, I, I, it's I had to like, say, "Fuck!" I can like, channel that energy again. Um, no, I, I just uh, when we when we talk about how this movie has like a little piece of everything with Batman, I think that is also an important piece, and I hope that going forward they utilize that a little bit more. I think that's why they gave her a good shine in this one, and then they're like, "I'm not moving across the country; I'm just moving up north." <laughs> yeah. I think there's a good reason for why they're like, "We got Zoe Kravitz." We're not going to have any less of Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. She's going to exactly. be coming back. Gotta, yeah. gotta, milk, gotta milk them, them actor contracts. Mm -hmm. um, so since since we're talking about spoilers, um, I'll bring up this next character. Um, John Turturro um, secretly gives one of the best performances playing Carmine Falcone in a way that's literally ripped from the pages of the long Halloween, even, even, even down to like, um, albeit in expository fashion, describing to Bruce during the funeral scene, um, the scene where, um, he shows up at the, at Wayne Manor, um, you know, in, in need, in need of like emergency, um, surgery, trying to get a, a bullet wound out. He can't go to the hospital, so he turns to. I assume. I assume before that they had some sort of relationship, but like the point. The point of the story is to tell, um, to tell his son that like Thomas Wayne saved his life. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think Totoro did such a great job, um, and kind of playing against type. Um, yeah, yeah. Gi giving such like a menacing um, performance as this character. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I um, disagree. Again, <laughs> oh, actually, okay. Can can I just say one thing? As as a as one oh, of the really? rare fans of John Turturro in the Transformers movies, I know. Hey, you can hate me all you want. All right, but but uh, I feel like this was actually like probably his, like most nuanced <laughs> performance. You know, I mean, again. Nothing's gonna top that like scene where like John DeToro gets pissed on by Bumbley. That's like a career highlight. Nothing can replace that. But anyway, getting back to the main point, yeah. But I I kind of agree that he did a pretty good job as the Falcone thing. He doesn't have a huge role, but he has an integral role, and I feel like he plays it uh, up pretty well. You know. Anyway, Bad, you can you can rip me apart here. No problem. I'm not I'm not gonna rip you apart. 
I just did not find him entirely compelling or even very that scary. He kind of comes off as a non-factor and there's a big reveal about him towards the end of the film that I know because I, I know Batman comics to some degree. And so it wasn't really, I was just like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> um, and then like it that happened and then like it became like this whole like thing towards the end of the movie that uh, to me felt like filler. Um, I did not find him terribly compelling at all. And I, and what, um, the, the in Batman began, like goes down to the docks and talking to that gangster in the club. Is that also a version of Bruno Falcone? Um, I believe, mm, I believe yeah, it's a Falcone. I don't remember exactly it's Carmine, but it's the head of Falcone crime phone. Yeah, yeah. I know for a fact that Carmine is in Batman Begins. I'm, I'm just, I just can't remember that exact scene. Yeah, I think that I couldn't remember if that was Carmine Falcone or if that was Salmeroni. But that when he goes down, when uh, in Batman Begins, when he goes down to the docks and he's, and he is um, talking to them, he goes in there all tough and stuff like that and like Sam Moroni just hands him his papers and like kicks him the fuck out of the club and stuff like that. That to me is very affecting. That was scary. There is an overall presence that was brought from the top down, from the directing, from the performance and everything. And I do not think that John Turturro is a bad actor. I don't even necessarily think that he was bad in this movie. I just do not think that he or this particular subplot were set up for success in a way that I think that they should have been. Yeah. Uh, hey, Bad G, is that is that is that what your username is? Bad, bad G. No, my name's CJ. That's just festive. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't want. I don't want to like offend anybody. I promise. I, I am. I didn't no, want to be rude or anything. But what what are your thoughts of the movie? And I know you probably spewed them out already. But did oh, you like the movie? Yeah, I liked the movie quite a bit. Um, yeah. I I'm I, there are just certain things, and and really only three things that I would say that I uh, was disappointed by. And it just right. so happens that Carmine Falcone was one of them. Nah, no worries. It's all good. You know, as we all know, film discourse is a respectable trade that everybody, like, uh, whether opinion can have a respectfully disagree. Not really. But, you know, we like to say that because, hey, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brock, yeah. your, your thoughts on uh, Falcone? It's my favorite performance Taturo's done. I, I like that it was kind of reserved, that like stuff has happened that you're not aware of. And it's kind of one of those things where, in my opinion, you're what, at least to me, where it was like another thing where they didn't go out of their way to over explain something. It's like you're watching a Batman movie and that's Carmine Falcone. He's a dangerous dude. I don't need to whatever it's just that you need to get through six guys to go to talk to him that to me i thought was pulled off very well like i said everyone's got their different opinions on different stuff like that so for me i thought it worked really well i was very happy i am one of those people that is a giant fan of john Turturro and is finally happy that he is not being pissed on by bumblebee sorry to tell you oh, but God uh <laughs> you. i was very How happy dare you, sir? <laughs> yes i know uh, the, hey it'll be stricken from the reason that the original Transformers got an Oscar. I'm sorry. There was just that one scene. They overlooked it. Um, but yeah, I, that was like, they were casting this movie 
And I'm like, okay, Jeffrey Wright, Pattinson. I'm like, I'm not going to write him off. I'm give him a chance at anything. Do that. Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman. I'm like, absolutely nailed it. Colin Farrell. I'm like, he's going to be the Penguin? I love Colin Farrell, but wait, hold on. Okay. He looks incredibly like Rupert Kind. He kind of looks like Scott Mendelson to me. And like, but like, they just like, they do the cosmetic. He might be, he, I think he's my favorite character in the entire movie. I'm like, cool. Not okay with that. And then Taturo comes up and I went, that's Carmine Falcone. <laughs> okay. I'll go with it. I trust Matt Reeves. I like him as a filmmaker. And then like Mike brought up, I'm like, there are some things where he looks identical to how Carmine's supposed to be. So mm -hmm. it was good. And then about the reveal thing, I I get both sides of the perspective on that because I went to theater my first time watching it with three people that know that Batman is a DC comic book character and basically the things that I have told them. Mm -hmm. And so when that reveal comes up, to a good chunk of the populace that aren't well-informed, read a good amount of comics, comic book fans, even in comics, that's one of the ones where it's not always that. And it's hinted at in like when in Rome and like the long Halloween and some other things. So when that came up, I had my friends look at me and I'm like, yeah, they don't always go with that, but that's cool. I'm, and then like with the other one where they just basically took the rule book and flung it clean out the freaking window at the end of the movie with another family's relation. I was like, nice. You're creating familial ties with some other things and you're going to come up with a reason for why Catwoman doesn't kill him later because Batman's going to tell her that she can't kill him later because she has to have a reason why she wants to kill him later. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I got exactly where that was going. So it it was great. And just like the, like just in talking to Bruce about him saving him. And he's like, I remember you were sitting right at the top of the steps. I don't forget your face. And he goes, Hippocratic oath. <laughs> and he just walks away and he thinks it's hilarious. He's just like, no, he was going to do that or I was going to kill him. And it's just there. I thought it was really good. Mm -hmm. I liked it. And I would like to see more stuff like that from him. Yeah, I liked yeah. it a lot. There, I don't I think there's say, a bad cast um, in the movie. I'm sorry. I, I didn't even No, no, you're good. I'm done. You're good. Brock there. I, I got to say, I, I out of all the Batman, Robert Pattinson is probably my favorite of the Batman because I feel like why can we connect to the other Batman is that they were kind of like a 40s style type of man thing, which I know is in the comics, but I never really related to that. But this one felt more human, more in the modern age. And I feel like Pattinson really nailed that spectacularly. And that's why I kind of, I know it's going to be like, it's going to go over some people's heads and that's totally fine. But, you know, but th that's what I loved about him. He's sort of this loner. He's not, doesn't have it all together. And even though he's like this rich guy, he still like wears like a shaggy t-shirt and, you know, um, <laughs> things there. So like, so if I have to cosplay, I just have to like overgrow my hair, dye it brown and just get like a, get a hoodie in there. There's my Bruce Wayne, you know, maybe get some dark makeup right there. Yep, that's what I was telling them. I love that they finally acknowledge that Batman wears eye makeup when he has the cowl on. <laughs> it's like, God, dude, so much mascara. It's like he's like he's like going to the drugstore. It's like, why do you have all this mascara, Mister Wayne? Um, for dresses, only fans, only fans, only fans. <laughs> My only bats account. God, yeah. Um, there, there's another relationship we haven't really talked about, um, and that's the relationship between um Bruce and Alfred, played. 
pretty brilliantly by um, Andy Serkis. Loved it. And Loved he's it. he's he's playing a little bit more of like the Earth One version where he's he's um a, l- a little bit more he's a bit more of a hardened individual. He's not he's not like the like prim and proper uh, butler. Yeah. I thought it was good. Yeah, I, I liked him too. He was fantastic. He was awesome, you know. It was it was really good. Some 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 might say like they didn't have quite enough scenes together. Um but that's because we really didn't get a whole lot of Bruce Wayne. We got more Batman. Which I was happy with. Um but at, le- at least at least like he was at least he was like hands on in like helping Bruce solve. The I did mystery. enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, that was that was nice. I have no strong feelings about Andy Serkis as Alfred. I did not dislike anything that he was doing. Um, I didn't. Um, I I wouldn't say I absolutely loved it, but I think that um, the big emotional beats that he and Bruce had towards the end of the movie would have hit more if that was the sort of like mask off focus of the third act. Um, I think that, forgive me for for going back, but I think that the Carmine Falcone and Selena stuff. uh, A little forced. Not that it felt forced. Well, it did, (laughs) but it just, I think you could have taken either one of those things. And then one that would have tightened the movie up. It would have um, uh, helped uh, again those emotional beats between Bruce and Alfred land harder. Um, I don't. I don't. And you didn't didn't have to split the difference on father stuff between Selena and Bruce this time. Hmm. I I hear what you're saying. I I, I somewhat agree. But but on on underrated note, you know what this movie could have used? Hmm. This movie could have used some some badass Green Day. You know when he's like going down that red road, he she she'd have like been playing Boulevard of Broken Dreams. It would have been perfect. I mean, come on, nobody. Am I gonna die in that hill alone? Yeah, I think you kind of are. (laughs) I think you're in a different area code on that hill, good sir. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just getting shot down on that hill. (laughs) I think that I think that they know. That they only got one needle drop, and that was under the bridge, <laughs> and they were like, yeah. and they were like, and we can't, we we and and it, we only get that one, so we're gonna use it twice. <laughs> and then that to to, to their credit, um, it was a it was a great needle drop, and I have to imagine that um, Michael Giacchino was listening to that song a lot when writing the main theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can I tell. Yeah. So, the, so the question is, what for the sequel? What's the next early, early to mid '90s sort of like drop that they're gonna use? Um, the well, movie? if they have Robin, they could put Teen Spirit. Now, what, 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 like, what is like Backstreet Boys? You know? Bart yeah, I, I, was, I was gonna put my money down on Groove is in the heart. Money's <laughs> um, on the Backstreet Boys, y'all. Hey man, they, I'm like I'd be okay with Electric Avenue if we're gonna buddy up good options here. I'm just um, I'm just saying, I'll get my Osmosis Jones kick in there. No, uh, yeah, but I uh, yeah, that's an actual movie. 
It is. Yep. It is. Starring Chris Rock and Brandy. Um, the Brandy is Bill Murray. Um, stunt double. You see what I remember of it. I just I, uh, Murray stunt double. The yeah, I the I would be interested in seeing Alfred. Um, the Alfred stuff fleshed out. I will give them the credit. The uh, the credit of I kind of thought that they just murked Alfred. So did I at first. I was gonna be so Same. pissed. <laughs> like I I uh, I was like, come on, it's Dory's time. <laughs> the the first time I saw this movie, <laughs> I genuinely um, breathed a sigh of relief when um, when the nurse told Bruce like um, he's. Like we we've sedated him, yeah. so like obviously they're not gonna kill Alfred, but it felt like that was what they were doing when the like the bomb went off. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, speaking of bombs, I um, I forgot to mention a supporting player, um, Peter Sarsgaard as the uh, the corrupt DA. Um, this is what I was talking about earlier when I said you mean Cammy in the movie? I actually didn't know that. Um. Yeah, that 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 is uh, uh Peter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, what I was saying earlier is that like in a fat suit. This 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 movie this movie is so is so well cast that like even even people with like bit roles like went in like a hundred and ten percent. Mm-hmm. Oh, even the Carver twins. Um, yeah, the Carver twins. The penguins, uh, penguins bodyguards. That was one of my favorite ongoing jokes in the whole movie. Every yeah. time, just shut the door. You get a load of this guy. <laughs> every time it hit. Every time, I love it. It was really, it was really good, and it felt, it, it felt comic booky without having to be in your face comic booky. Uh, exactly. I like that, and and I and I'm just and I'm just a big fan of those guys. I, I'm glad to see them anywhere. I've been. Uh, fan of them since Desperate Housewives. Do, do um, they do they always um play like do they always play twins together or have they done like separate projects? Uh, they've done separate projects, mostly Charlie. Um, because um he is oft cast in things where um a gay ginger is needed. Um, but the. <laughs> <laughs> wait, what? What is what? Wait, wait, wait. That's funny. Uh, Such a specific part role. He's a kid ginger. I love it. He was a, he was in a the boy. He was just in the boys in the band. I think um, oh. on Netflix. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, a couple of years ago. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I, I uh, really really enjoyed that. It reminded me of like all kinds of like gimmicky henchmen that Batman villains have all the time. Yep. So yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, but yeah, the um, now now that I think about it, there's just a lot of a lot in the funeral scene that I really enjoy. Even even just down to um, down down to the way that Bruce is like really um, paying paying attention to. Um, the son of the of the mayor who um, who was killed, and like the way he kind of gets into Batman mode when the car just like mm-hmm. rams into uh, the mm-hmm. altar. Mm-hmm. All 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 of that is is great. Plus, this is like the I think this is like the first time that 
um, Batman and the Riddle and the Riddler. Not like I don't want to say they meet each other, but in the same location. Yeah. That well, that they were aware of, depending on where he sat for most of that movie. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the, that that shot of him on the balcony with everyone running away, and it's just like it's just him until uh, until we sort of have to cut to things. I thought it was fantastic. I really love that Batman movies are no longer. Uh, I, I love that not no longer. I love that they never feel the need to justify why Batman is in situations that Batman would never be in real life. Um, in, in like yes, in like exactly. police interrogation yes. rooms, and it's just like just like because all it because it it is it it always warms my Adam West heart because like on that show everyone the police were just like, oh, this seems hard. Better get Batman, and like they. And Some that is basically the case in all of these movies. <laughs> and that's basically yep. the case in all of these movies. But, uh, and like, they do a little posturing. They're just like, oh, this guy's a vigilante. What's he doing here? But you know that no one's yes. going to go in There's there. no one's going to do anything. <laughs> like, and they even discuss that, like, when all of a sudden they wake him up. And what, it's one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. When, they, when he gets woken up after the bomb goes off. And he's out cold, and one of the guys is being dumb and tries to grab the ear on the cowl, and he knocks back three officers. I just got you for assaulting an officer. No, you got me for assaulting three. And he's ready to just go off. He's like, I hate the situation that I'm in. I'm trying to help Gordon. What do you need me for? He's open to be there, but he doesn't want to be there. And that's a classic thing, too. People trying to take off his mask. I really loved it. And the same, um, I keep saying that it reminded me of another DC thing, but it reminded me of another DC thing. It reminded me, it's one of those classic things. There's always someone, like in an animated show or in a comic book or Batman's knocked out in public and someone's trying to take off his mask. And it it is just like a part of the character's like history and legacy. Like, um, in Wonder Woman, where she has ice cream for the first time, yeah. every reboot of every reboot of Wonder Woman in the comics, uh, a new version of her being inter, uh, introduced I in some animated thing, she had like she has to be introduced to ice cream for the first uh-huh. time, and I love that. <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's it's like when Martian Manhunter um, gets Oreos. Ha- yeah, his his affection for uh, Oreos. Yeah. Wait, that's I a wish I wish Batman. Yeah, had that's a, a very snack. real thing. Wow. He's obsessed with Oreos. I wish that Batman had really a favorite neat. snack. Every every favorite that. snack. He's like he's like holding his arms like there. It's like wait, you better watch what you say there, buddy boy. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna boot you off this podcast. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, it would just be really funny if like every time it, it would be really well. There's um it's uh, Batman in the bathroom. Yeah. There's Batman Wayne Family Adventures, which is this really fun slice of life web comic that's on Webtoon. Um, that's officially licensed by DC and everything like that. Um, uh, they make him very fond of chocolate chip cookies, and that oh, yeah. I would be down for that. Um, but it would also be funny if, like, every every if we just have to have Batman rebooting yeah. all the time, yeah, in perpetuity. Every every new one, he was just like. Uh, yeah, they just like make him addicted to root beer barrels or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do uh, have something uh, like uh, that. Speaking of the DC universe, there, you know what I would kind of want. This is, this is gonna appear. Here's another hot take. Here's another hot take. Everybody, everybody, clear the runaway. It's gonna be a super steaming hot take. Loins girded. <laughs> okay, okay. I kind of feel like this movie 
kind of made the DCEU kind of obsolete. Like, like the, the like after this movie, the only world I kind of care about is honestly like the Batman. Like, I mean, I- I'm gonna go see Black Adam, The Flash, Aquaman. But if I'm being honest, I kind of want to see the Batman versus version of Superman or Wonder Woman, which I know we'll never do. And I and I respect that, but I'm just like, ah, oh, man, just actually what I'm what I'm thinking is. I, I I'm not I'm not sure what the opening num- opening weekend numbers are going to be. Yeah. But I have a feeling that A, this movie's going to be a success. And yeah, B yeah. no kidding. Well, yeah, and B, yeah. um Warner Brothers is going to look at this um the success of this movie and be like, This is our DC universe now. Like Matt I, 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 I know that Matt Reeves wants to keep things very Batman centric. But maybe what he meant, like during those initial interviews, is that he just wants to distance himself from what's come before. Because yeah. he's he's he said in a recent interview, the reason he'll never do a Marvel movie is because they're the already set. Um, he he said he said like, you know, as much as I love Kevin Feige and and like what they do over there, um, I. I need the space to like create my own world, yeah. um, but that but that doesn't mean other people can't build off of like off of his creation. It's just he he yeah. he wants to be he wants to be like the chef in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I gotta say that was kind of nice of like Matt Reeves to kind of like have a respectful comment about super movies. Like when you like see like like one guy, it's like yeah, I gotta or he's got ah these these fucking good superhero movies. They're all they're all shit and garbage. And you have like Francis Ford Coppola, God Dude, and No Time to Die. They're all the same. It's just like damn, just yikes. But it was kind of nice, you know. Like Matt Reeves, like oh, you know, I I I like them, but you know, I'm, I'm gonna do my own thing. It's just like really. It's kind of refreshing to to hear, right? Nothing too disrespectful, but you know, kind of like this. You know what I mean? Is, is anybody yeah. else kind of feeling that? Well, no, I I like that feeling, but I'm also just sick and tired of every time someone's going, "Oh, I can interview that director." Oh, I bet they'd be pissed if I brought up comic book movies. Yeah, yeah! yeah! That's, that's the that's the thing. It's just like. <laughs> Like, why do we need to ask just, them? It's not a part of the movie. Just shut up. They don't like it, and you know it. The, the, just talk about the dark. Like, so yeah, that, I, I I completely yeah, and totally I understand yeah, yeah, that. That is my that is my one sort of like thing. No, I, I that is my one sort of qualm with people who like just ask random indie directors or like. Um, the the woman who directed Power of the Dog, like, what do you think oh she's going to say? Like, funny. That, like, it's just let her talk about the Power of the Dog. That's why you're interviewing. Yeah, her. it's exactly yeah. the form of God. disrespect when you're just trying to get a question out of her. You don't give two shits about what this person's doing. You want to get a statement out of them so your website gets clicks. You're going to ask. No them. shit. Sure. <laughs> exactly. That's all it is. You're figuring that out. I man. hate it. No, I know that. It's just that no one will openly admit that's what they're doing. They're just like. I'm yeah. just asking questions. I love, I love Brandon, but, but he's part of the problem. <sighs> Speaking of assholes, let's talk about the Riddler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The incel, incel Riddler. I liked him. He was pretty funny. Um, d- scary to the point, like downright horrifying until he took his mask off. Yeah. And not, and not just... 
not just because well he didn't really become the Riddler. he just yeah. became like this like weirdo and like the Riddler is also a weirdo but they didn't really read to me as the Riddler um and I don't think like him in the costume read to me as the Riddler either but he was frightening at times especially during that prologue at the uh, the mayor's apartment or whatever I think that that um was uh very very scary that was a perfect way to introduce whatever this character is the reason that i say he was scary and stuff up until the mask came off is that the point of the plan even started to kind of unravel when they finally got him and he was like um in custody and stuff like that i i just wasn't I just wasn't feeling it when we got to really dig deep into or um, the character without all of the sort of like uh, different directorial choices that were being used and sort of the the, the horror style production of him and the way he was thinking and stuff like that. It just came crazy and in a way. And that's just me. Again, I'm here to say I liked it, but I had problems. Everyone else got it. All right. Fair, fair enough, dude. It's all good, man. You don't, you don't, have, to, you don't have to like that. You don't have to put your stuff down. It's, it's all, all good. good. I ain't going to bite your head off. It's all good. Um, I, I, I think you do actually bring up a, a solid point in that um, – at the at the end of the day, what exactly, what what exactly is the Riddler trying to accomplish other than essentially clearing the board of clear, clearing the board of corruption? To some, Honestly, to some, I would I would, I, I would love to ask that questions, but after like six years of like crazy weirdos doing like crazy <laughs> dumb shit in the real world for no particular reason, I kind of thought it was like kind of like a refreshing thing. There it wasn't like an elaborate plan. It was just this messy kind of all over the place thing where it didn't have a clear goal. We just said, fuck it. I'm, I'm just going to like destroy everything because you're all corrupt and stupid. You know, it's going to do it. I think My problem with that is that that's not the Riddler. Yeah, okay. Um, this is going to be a weird comparison. Well, the but not a real person. Just kidding. To, to some extent. Um, and I only got this, I, I only got this impression the second time I saw the movie that um, the Riddler in this, in this movie reminds me like a little bit of killmonger just in the sense that like um he 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 doesn't he doesn't have necessarily a bad point in what he's trying to do but the way he's going about it exactly yes yeah and like i got the point of where in my opinion what it was and I can get like I I very much liked him as the Riddler, and I I read him as a Riddler. There was some points where he like what is end all goal, in my opinion. I kind of can see where it like kind of leads off because that's never a thing the Riddler's gone for before as a big end goal. It's always been to just be smarter than Batman for a large portion of it. But like what it basically was was they added the extra. Um, they added the thing with being an orphan and stuff like that. And it basically like, just because of his upbringing that basically anyone who's given a position of power in politics is corrupt period. And he was just trying to instill that in as many people as possible is what I just kind of got out of it. 
And I get to a degree that kind of goes where they're trying to assassinate the person who was trying to get rid of the renewal program <laughs> that the Riddler hated, where it was like those people sometimes in it's kind of something that I liked it, it read in my head. They were doing something that they thought the Riddler wanted them to do. When in reality, she was trying to fix something the Riddler didn't like, but also in reality, in that same situation, the Batman was also incentivizing these people to do what they wanted. So he was setting an example that he also didn't like. There was a lot of people setting examples in ways that they didn't mean completely. One was willing to change it and one just after a while got lost in his own shit. To me, yeah. anyway, that's how I, I yeah. look it. And I, yeah. Yeah, it's. It I, I, I I can see that. I yeah. I want I want to elaborate on when I said it. It's not Riddler because I don't like it. When no, I get what you it's mean. It's not though. the thing. But it's it's. I get what you it, mean. It I like is, the comic. It it's it's not really that. I think sort of like the point, and I think that there's been a lot of people who actually don't like the movie who sort of have been attributing a lot of the stuff that the Riddler does in this movie to the Joker. And I I can see where they're coming from, but that's not how I read it. I see where they're coming from because the Riddler uh, and his plan, it, the way it develops, it sort of uh, makes him out to be a chaos agent because the only, um, the only recognizable outcome to what he's doing is chaos. But that to me doesn't really read to me like the Riddler, like you said, because the Riddler's thing is about outsmarting Batman. And they have a little bit of that in here, but it seems like an afterthought. He doesn't really seem to be trying to outsmart Batman. He seems to think that he and Batman are of a piece somehow. Um, and I like that. I don't think it, I don't think this, that character needed to be the Riddler. Let me, let me ask you this. Um, do you think the Riddler's plan was too um, too big? Yes, absolutely. Okay. That that's and yeah. that, that's 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 it's something that, I can that's I can concede to. And and that's to me point. it read it, it didn't read beat for beat, obviously, but it, it read to me more like hush than the Riddler. Especially when it became when so much of it so much of the plan, or at least the what the movie showed us of the plan became about Bruce. All right, I I I see what you're saying, and we will get to the the Wayne stuff in a little bit. Yeah. Um. Any any other any other thoughts about the Riddler before we before we move on to? No, that's our... pretty much it for me. One thing I will add that we did not say enough of that I thought again when you mentioned the scene when he's in the house at the first part, man, just that scene where he walks away and the Riddler is just motionless, watching him in the house just like okay that is creepy as shit no Wonderful. no it's just the hum of the tv i was like whoo that was nice <laughs> that was great very nice very, very nice <laughs> but yeah no I'm good. um i some something that was um alluded to earlier um were some of the action scenes and i think the biggest one that that cj and i will disagree on is the car chase because I think that's one of that's one of my favorite scenes in the film. Um, but I, I I have to ask what 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 about it um, 
didn't work because it's probably it's probably the reason why I love it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm a bit of a car chase connoisseur. I'm I'm a big uh, I'm a big car chase person. Um, I, I do not drive. I got into a really, really bad car accident um, about six years ago. Uh, flipped my car, oh, hydroplane, flipped my that? car on a oh, highway. Shoot. And I never paid attention to car chases before then. But like being in the results of like car chase or whatever made me be able to like appreciate them a lot more and what film can do to accentuate the heightened emotions and the real palpable sense of danger um, that, you know, you incur every oh, I time. Think I, know what you're gonna, I think I know what you're going to have a giant <laughs> issue with before it's coming up. <laughs> so, so, so that's not that. And I think I know what you think. And it's not that. Okay. I've seen, I've seen plenty of films or where cars flip, I've, that that's that's not where the PST, PTSD comes from. Um, but okay, the um, thing about the car chase is that so much of it is told in these very extreme close-ups between the penguin and, <coughs> and those close-ups, both of them serve a different purpose. They are to uh, the close-ups on Batman are supposed to give you an end to Batman's psyche in that moment and his anger and all that rage that's coming from him. And you can see it in his eyes. A lot of this movie has to do with Robert, a lot of Robert Pattinson's performance as Batman comes from his eyes and the way he's clenching his jaw. That's why it's so good that he has such a cut jaw uh, because he visually, it sort of paints that picture for him. And I think that the um, Penguin close-ups are supposed to, uh, just uh, represent all that fear and supposed to give you this idea of Batman as this imposing mythical figure. Yeah, he's just a dude in a bat suit in a car, but there, it, it, but it's almost um, from Penguin's perspective, it's almost like a force of God coming after him. I really enjoy those two approaches. I don't necessarily think that they're as effective as the movie wants you to think that they are, or, or as, as, as other people are saying that they are. And I also think that the problem is that you have both of them. I think you could have told the car chase completely impersonally from the perspective of Batman and Honestly, completely I, I'm gonna have to interject in, in the, I, 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 the car with him. Oh, okay. Go ahead. You froze. You froze there. Uh, but anyway, I, I, oh, I gotta sorry. disagree. After like, after like, going through the grim, uh, stale thing of like uh, the uh, Dark Knight Rises of Christopher Nolan and like the really grimy, kind of like ugly looking of like uh, Zack Snyder, I kind of loved Matt Reeves' sort of like slick slicker like batmobile like car chase it was like really good to me i really loved it there you know and also it actually kind of looked like a car not like a fucking tank you know like, <laughs> yeah my problem is not with the car well literally literally I, I earlier i said that any batmobile that's not a tank is a batmobile for me yeah, um, same. The bat uh, my my biggest problem with it it, it was not the fact that the chase was there. Uh, I think the movie really needed that release. And I think for the most part, the movie got that release from the chase, even if the chase didn't work for me the entire uh, the entire way through. Um, there were just a really good car chase, 
is like a really good action sequence. You are completely aware of all of the geography, of all of the action that is happening. But I think a lot of that gets disrupted by the uh, the need for it to be uh, told uh, at least halfway in these really extreme close-up shots. And I don't even mind the idea of the close-up shots. I just wish they were of the penguin because it would have made the idea of Batman in the Batmobile as this force of nature a lot more intimidating, a lot more frightening if it was told from that point of view. And then the first time you see him after the car chase, after the chase and after the crash is from the Penguin's point of view in that amazing upside down shot. I like that. I like that a lot. So that's the, that's the only, I, I think I loved all of the ideas. I just don't think the execution was the best. There you go. I, th- I think that's fair. Okay, yeah. that. okay but, but, but AJ, before we get, 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 get uh, 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 not, not AJ, sorry. Like I have a friend that's named AJ and he's super annoying. But anyway, anyway, uh, Captain K, Captain K, I need to ask you something. G- going back to this whole new DC thing, do, do you really think that they'll maybe replace this Badverse um, with like the DC or like the DC replace the Badverse thing? Because man, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm getting really tired of like headless Henry Cavill, you know, I'm just, um, I'm kind of, kind of over it, you know? Um, I don't know. I don't know specifically what they'll do with Superman, but I, I, I think let, let's, let's hold off on that question till I'm after sorry. this year, oh, yeah. Af- after, after Flashpoint, then Ugh. we'll see where we're at. CJ's most, most anticipated movie of the year. Um, I'm excited about that movie. I think that I think that the the that one shot from did they play the, the actually DC um, weekend? Yeah, I I, I I got the DC Heroes trailer. Okay, uh, yeah, I think that that one shot of of Ezra Miller in close up um, in that thing is just beautiful. I'm very excited for that movie. I think it's yeah, gonna be actually, gorgeous. you know, people that actually worked on that movie actually, you know, I'm actually no way. I'm, I'm friends with a lot of people that work in Marvel stuff and DC stuff, and I know, I know, I know a fair amount of the movie. You know, I'm not gonna say it here. I promise. I don't. I don't want to get. I don't want to get shot down by like the DC snipers. <laughs> you know. Oh dear. <laughs> you see, well, you see, the Marvel guy, they 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 they, uh, they get you in an alleyway. They they put a paper bag over your head. They drive you out to some location. You just drop you off, and you know, say, "Where am I?" And it's like, I don't know. But uh, the DC guys, you just go right for the kill. Not really. Just kidding. Anyway, but uh, yeah, that was a bad tangent. I'm sorry, everybody. Sorry to witness okay. that. But it, that's it. That's yeah. fine. I'm 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 very interested to hear what you guys thought of the car chase. I I liked it. I did very much like the idea of. I really actually really do like what your suggestion was. And if it would have been in the two, I wish it would have been completely on um uh the penguin because then it would have seemed like him just being scared the whole time but i like i told mike earlier and I, a little bit to you uh cj as well that um my erection was notable noticeable from space when the hum of that batmobile started and i just like in an instant what is that the was physics Im- of that exactly the physics of that exactly it was that I have to pay for my local theater's roof, but um, it's <laughs> like a little hole in the top of the roof. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just I. That was the one thing when I saw the Batmobile, I was like, man, that's either going to be not great or the coolest thing, and it's going to judge your first scene with it 
is what's going to do it. It's a lot of time with Batmobiles when you, when you, the ignition sequence for the Batmobile for me is a big thing. When you see that thing starting up and ready to roll is a very big deal for me. And before the even going and you just hear the hum of that engine starting to kick and the blue flame comes out the back of it, I'm like, okay, that's the best Batmobile they've ever made. Like okay. it immediately looked like a demon on wheels. I'm just like, yep. yeah, um, thank you. That thing's great. And it's one thing that I kind of appreciate about this Batman. Like he makes things that are needed for the situation. Like he didn't need to have the Batmobile have 16 fins coming off of it and all this stuff. He needed a car that was badass. Giant machine guns on the front of the thing just to like murder. No, 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 I'm good. And just, it needed to be tough, fast and maneuverable. And that's exactly what that thing was. And it was perfect. And as far as the scene goes, the only thing that I didn't like about that chase scene is that I saw the end of it in the trailer. Mm, yeah. yeah, I I think, but you have to think like a marketer at that point. I like know I understand a thousand percent why they did it because it's one of the coolest shots in the whole movie. But man, oh, it still felt so great. Like just that visual of them coming through the, the fire and all that. It was it was great. I thought I thought it was well done. It, I I, li- I like that there was added frustration where like. What would happen if a chase scene happened on a highway you're going through traffic? There was a legit spot where they were like, <laughs> shit, shit, I need to get at him, but there's stuff in the way. And it leads to the pile up that gets to that really cool shot. Mm-hmm. And it didn't just magically, they were by themselves for five miles. Then they found vehicles just to do the jump. I like that that was an extra added detail that they were dealing with it the whole time. But yeah, it, it just, it, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot, but I do not disagree with when you said that it could have been a very cool version of that where it was just one of the lock perspectives. I do like that, actually. I yeah. Like it a lot. yeah, I, 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 I like just a little bit more clearer on the geography. That's really all I needed from it. Yeah. I, I love the car. I love it. It um, is... It, it is a great muscle car. It reminds me of the Lincoln Futura Batman, uh, Batmobile from the 60s show. It's just super good. Mm-hmm. Um. Kind of like what Brock said, I, 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 I was even like playing the scene in my head, like just from Penguin's point of view, and <coughs> as, as awesome as that would have been, what I love about the scene as it is is the messy, the messiness of it. Um, it's not, it's not, it's not a clean, crisp car chase like something you'd see in The Fast and the Furious. Instead, it does have. Like an it element kind of, of mixes chaos. that with the grittiness of the Batman. I would, I would, I would kind of disagree with that, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, Maybe. like there, like there's there, there's a bit of messiness with like, you know, like the all all of that traffic, and how, um, and how like the different perspectives are kind of like shifting every like every now and then between the Penguin and I don't even think we see. Um, bruce at all in the chase i think it's just it's just um the batmobile from um from the back yeah um but just just this like the way that was all staged and of course that final shot um was just amazing Mm-hmm. A genuinely um, iconic image yeah yeah, people people we throw that word iconic around a lot for way too much, and I think that's a genuinely iconic image. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, the the other the yeah, other action proves. scenes we have to talk about are um, both both fight scenes 
in the Iceberg Lounge. Um, I, I, I was I was joking with Brock earlier um, because of like the like because of all like the various uses of lighting that like I think Greg Frazier's favorite color is red, but I I'm not it, sure. I think it might be. There's a high possibility that red was a big fan of this film. Who, who's red? Red. Sorry. Who? who? Um, no, no, that's no, the they, color they, they, red. They were just a big fan of the color red. Oh, red. Oh, yes. God. I'm sorry. I'm really stupid. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's all good. It's all good. But just, yeah, like those fight I'm scenes. I'm losing brain, brain consciousness right now. It's yeah, yeah. That's one of those things where it's like you had the detective work in this movie. You had a relationship with Selena. And then, like, you also had non-shaky cam, not a lot of cutaways, like solid actually looking at fight scenes. And where it was kind of like how Ridley Scott does stuff where he shoots the scene, but has 18 billion cameras so we can get it from every single angle. And like, just go, it, it like a little bit of what CJ said earlier, I felt like I was watching someone playing an Arkham game, like going through the steps with everyone coming at it, hitting counters and going like, like just goes through taking weapons away from people, batting them, throwing the pipe at someone who's about to shoot him and hitting the bullet and then cracking them in the head. I'm like, I'm watching a person who is not quite polished in what they do, but clearly knows what they're doing. And like watching him shoot the grappling hook through a person's leg and then pull them into a railing. I felt <laughs> that. That was great. <laughs> it was good. It was really good. Um, I Those action sequences are really cool because they're so brawly. I I was born in 1993. So my entire life has been like completely filled with action heroes that incidentally know Kung Fu. And I know that Batman has been retconned a bunch of different times to be a ninja and have that kind of background and stuff like that. But like, sometimes you just want to see, see him throw haymakers. And that is the best part of the way he moves in this. Yeah. Pattinson really, like, you know that all of that stuff on him, there's like padding and it's probably heavy uh, in, in, in some way, but it's probably not as heavy as like the in-universe version of that suit is, but he really sells how heavy it is uh -huh. with like every punch he throws. One thing about the Arkham games is like, um, uh, uh, this that Batman is this like steroid monster with traps up to his earlobes yeah. and like these basketballs yeah. on his shoulders, and, but he like moves like he's gently. <laughs> like, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> and I like that the movie does not uh, does not allow for that. Like, there is space. Unlike in the uh, in the car chase, for me, there is like a real sense of like geography and spatial awareness to the hand to hand combat that i really really enjoy so yeah I so, fully... something something else i like um and i kind of mentioned this earlier is um the 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 lighting um especially in the, the second hallway scene the, the one we see in the second trailer where you know the strobe light effect and batman is like beating down like like bodies in the in that hallway mm -hmm. It's it, it's almost like the light, like the way those shots are are lit, kind of replaces um, the use of jump cuts that we've seen in like the early two thousands. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And this is just kind of how I prefer to see to 
see my action um, uh, sequences from now on. Be like, be more creative. If 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 you're not if you're not going to like put too much focus on the choreography, at least experiment with the lighting. Yeah, and it's like the Batman scenes. Like one one of my favorite quotes that I heard someone describe: well, Batman, Spider Man, and to a degree, Daredevil, is that they are not going to kill you. Your hospital bills are. And I like the like a crunchy is the best word that I can kind of describe the fight scenes with Batman that I like to see. Like, but blowing your kneecap out and then punching you into the ground, stuff like that. Like the warehouse fight in bvs yes like a lot of that stuff where he's haymaker and someone clean to the ground i like some of those shots every now and then it doesn't need to be every one but like showing that this guy he's not going to kill you he's going to make you wish he did and you're not going to try messing with him again in the future like those kind of lessons like later on shots where you're like oh i guess that broke his nose like he didn't know what happened he just remembered he decked that guy and he wasn't remembering how bad the damage was I think that the uh, since we're back in the Iceberg Lounge, which again, like my favorite thing about this movie is that they call it the Iceberg Lounge. Um, uh, it, it, this isn't an action thing, but it does go to um, why the Iceberg Lounge was such a cool location in the movie because that lighting and that sort of strobing that the uh, the lighting is doing and bouncing off of. Um, of the club during the fight, it really works in there, but it also really works when they're doing like the stealthy undercover stuff when like Selena has to go in uh, and go to the 44 below club. There's this shot right before she gets to that really cool elevator where she's like just walking past this catwalk and she's got like this great synthetic like run Lola run wig on and I, you, you've seen my tweets, Mike. You know how I feel about wigs and movies. It was a really good Of course. Movie. And the... <clears throat> oh, you are well-fed in this movie. Uh, oh, Absolutely. So, so good. And it's not... And sometimes it, it, it depends on what the wig is for. If the wig is supposed to be a representation of someone's real hair and it's off that pisses me off but if a but if a uh, the wig is supposed to be a disguise if it looks badass and it looks cool and it adds to the sort of noirish element of this movie everyone was just like oh it's noir it's like this 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 and i was kind of like okay before i saw the movie i was just like oh, it's bad fucking Maltese Falcon calm down um but like I go in there and like it manages to like create a language uh of uh, a visual language a bit of visual language in this film that like marries what we know about sort of the way that women are portrayed in those sort of old noir mystery films and stuff like that and marry it with the production design of this movie in a way that it's really cool and sleek and modern and I really love that scene Sorry about the wig tangent, but I no, no, that's, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's specific, man's. I get you. It's all good. Yeah, totally. You know so yeah, bad. I mean, the action scenes for me were fantastic. I thought they were really good. They were well put together. I I really liked them. And also, I, I mean, again, also helped that I actually really like loved this Batman because again, I feel like I connected with them more than the other Batmans. I know it's going to be a hot take, but that it's the truth for me. But uh, yeah, like how much, how much, how much more stuff are we gonna talk about exactly? I'm just curious. Um, 
there's there's two more there's two more things that I need to bring up. Um, yeah. One is the actual um, reveal about um, about the Waynes and about kind of how they tie into the history of Gotham and a specific piece of history, um, the renewal program, mm -hmm. which kind of kind of results into Gotham pretty much devolving into shit. Um, so as Brock kind of alluded to earlier, um, one, one thing that's quite a deviation from the source material is um, Martha Wayne's maiden name, which is implied at least to be Arkham. Mm -hmm. uh, no, they... They straight, out say, they straight out say it. And that Thomas is, Wayne said yeah, Martha Stanley which is, Yeah, which is a which is a a, a, a Jeff Johns Earth One development. I uh, thought so. Um, but yeah, that's it's it is very it, it it is a very interesting reveal. But the reason why I like this compared to every other time we've seen the Waynes in batman media is that they're not really characters outside of popcorn and pearls um yep but this but this is like the first time in live action that like they actually they they actually are woven into the tapestry that is um gotham city yeah Honestly, I feel like that was actually probably the weakest part of me. I, I feel like the reveal was kind of weak sauce to me. I thought I thought we were gonna reveal like, oh, this this uh, Thomas Wenger, he was like a thug. He like he like literally was like awful to people, you know. Like I I I I, I wanted him to go a little bit more third. Or the, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Hey, I agree. Yeah. I thought that the reveal might have been a bit more um, darker substantial in the way not even darker but the 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 idea and and i get that it was uh just sort of a little weak sauce because um i think uh, a reveal that sort of like completely disillusions disillusions batman from his parents or whatever would be a little bit of a step too far but like the idea if he was like, if he happened to also be sort of like the go-to doctor for the Gotham mob or something like that, it, 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 it just seemed like this was sort of like a last ditch misunderstanding or, um, or desperate thing that like anybody could understand. And it still seemed like it was in service of protecting the Waynes as like, Bruce's sacred cow that are like uh, that um, uh, are the reasons that he does what he does. I just think that it could have gone a little bit further, and it also uh, brings me back to why, like, it feels like maybe the villain should have been Hush. But the, the, the um, but either way, I think that um, I didn't mind it. I didn't I didn't outrightly dislike it. I just thought that it would have gone a little bit further the way that it was being hyped up by the second act. Right. I think, I, I think I, uh, I get what you're trying to say. Um, Brock, your, your thoughts on uh, the, the Wayne reveal. 
I liked it a lot, and I think why they didn't make a big grandstanding out of it because it was a reveal that was really that was leading into a plot point with Maroni, and it wasn't the biggest plot point of the movie. I mean, Falcone, I'm sorry. In my opinion, anyway, they were like, okay, this is something I need to discuss with someone, and it will be a plot point with you, but something bigger in a later movie that people should keep track of. That's how it was presented to me. That's why I don't think they went out of their way to make it the biggest bombastic moment of the whole movie, because that's a small detail that can later on be a big thing, depending on how they go into things, because they're also making an Arkham miniseries from what I saw in an announcement. So, <laughs> and, this, and this is what I was talking about earlier when I said that what Matt Reeves is doing is he's planting like all these different seeds, but he's, he's not going, look at me, look at me. This is going, this is going to matter later. He's, yeah. he's just kind of being like, here it is. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, again, that I really liked about this movie is they're talking to you like a person who in a Batman movie would talk about things that are in a Batman movie. They're not an executive going, hey, kids, do you remember Arkham Asylum? <laughs> it's not one of those type of things. They didn't go out of their way to overexpose something that two characters talking to each other wouldn't have to overexplain in a conversation. And that's one thing that I really like about this movie. It never has those moments where like Iceberg Lounge. No, we just went there. We didn't have a 20 minute exposition about how it's the most seediest place. No, we just went there. Because it was a thing that exists, and we just accepted that it exists. And, but, like, that's going to be a big thing that's bigger later. And if they would have made a bigger deal out of it, in my opinion, it would have took away from other things that were going on in a movie that was already three hours long. Mm -hmm. So, I'm like, I was very okay with the little bit of presence that it got. And, also, it was a not big deal that turned into a big deal because someone screwed over Thomas Wayne because of it. So they made the bigger deal out of him being screwed over because of it versus the revelation. Right. That to me is why I was okay with how it was being handled. I can a thousand percent see why other people were like, that is what it is. And it's, it's whatever. Everything is completely subjective. It is what it is. You know, um, now a question a question for CJ because um you you did kind of mention at the start of the podcast that you you were kind of feeling the length. So I I have to I have to ask um what does a what what does a 2 hour and 15 minute version of this movie look like? I know that's a very specific. I don't I don't I don't know. I can tell you straight up. I was gonna <laughs> I, say I'm interested I, to hear this. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, I don't know, but um, it's it's not that um, I was like thinking, oh, we don't need to do this, we don't need to do that, that shouldn't be here or whatever. It was just that I was there is a uh, there is almost four acts to this movie. And I just, uh, around that third act, I was kind of like, okay. And, and the thing that really um, frustrates me is that third act slows down. And then we have the fourth act that like most of, most of that, that last scene in the arena is what I'm talking about there, um, uh, has to like stop 
the momentum of the story dead in its tracks to be a superhero movie. I think I know. I think I know the moment that you're talking about. Uh, where, where, like, because when I mean when I say that is that like superhero movies tend to modern superhero movies especially tend to to devolve into this thing where the hero has to fight a bunch of faceless representatives of the main villain. And that thing happened here. And when it happened, I was like, oh, this is cool. I like the combat, like I was saying, I liked it a little bit less because I don't think that the, um, the way that that scene is lit is as uh, affecting as uh, the way that the hand-to-hand combat was portrayed in the Iceberg Lounge, just because of the lighting and the way how cool that setting looked. Sure. Um, but I still think that the choreography was cool. I understood what they were going for. Um, it's just that like, when I'm already feeling the length of the movie and then the movie takes a detour into just what to me seems like pretty rote superhero stuff. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of, um, it's kind of like, this is the, um, the scrappier version of, you know, an any given Marvel yeah, like, fight. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is like the, um, like the half, the half priced uh, version um, and but they ended it strong with like a a, 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 a um, him sort of having to go berserker mode after like plunging an epipen <laughs> to himself. Um, like I I uh, I dug that um, and stuff as a bookend and like uh, true development for his character gives us a really good tee up for you know. Um, it, it, it gives us a really good sh- shortcut to the point that the narration is trying to make at the end of the movie that is going to tee us up for more of this Batman. Um, but uh, just that, like, every, everything, it kind of just, it felt like it just slowed down. It was kind of like, Ugh. And I wasn't disliking anything. I wasn't, like, not enjoying myself. It's just that it kind of like there was a there was a real sort of sense of propulsion in those first two acts uh, uh, that I do not think is there uh, in uh, the third act into well the larger third act, but in my opinion, the third act into the fourth act. Right. That make that makes sense. Um. Where where was I gonna go next? Um, all right, how about just like just thoughts on on the ending, and then I have my five ideas that I want for the future. But Brock, your um, your thoughts on the I guess third slash fourth act. I I I I generally liked it. I can feel where I was like there was points toward the end of it where I'm like. Yep. Okay. Um, I don't know what else you're going to do, but I'm here for it. I'm like, kind of like, there's a, something after the Riddler. I was like, there's gotta be some kind of whatever, like the uh, Kaiser Soze moment. And then there was more after it, which I was fine with. Cause I liked the idea of like the whole followers thing, because it kind of fed off what that secret videotape was where you thought it was going to be him revealing who Bruce Wayne was. 
And one of my favorite scenes in that whole movie is when he's talking to him, keeps saying Bruce Wayne and like the music cues before you realize, and he has a sigh of relief that the Riddler does not actually know who he is. And that's saying that that's who the target is. I like that a lot. Um, I like the, him trying to prove that he's, that he's better and stuff like that. They always get into that. I didn't mind the fight scene, stuff like that. It wasn't as glamorous or as like chunky as the rest of them were. So there's that. Um, I do appreciate him being knocked back by a point blank double barrel shotgun blast where he needed to get rescued. I was like, you actually see him like get winded once and prove that he's not perfect. I, I did like that. Um, and like it very much sets up um, what I hope to see in that sequel, which oh boy, I didn't expect them to possibly try in the second movie of a set of Batman movies. We'll get but, to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. I And then, yeah, and having Selena come back, that was good. I just, I, I, thought it, I thought it was well done. I get that. And you had a little bit of Battle of Wits where the Riddler got to have his moment where he's like, wow, you're not as smart as where I thought you were. And then I'm like, what does he mean by, oh yeah, he literally did say my confession with the freaking floor tool i was like that was actually a really nice touch where you got to have the riddler was smarter than him for a moment thing i was like oh okay and then you get to see a bit of the obsessive compulsiveness with the riddler that i like to see with him ever since the batman animated series where they kind of based how they acted off of mental disorders a little when he starts freaking out that it's not going the way he had planned for months and i'm like okay i'm glad this part of him's finally coming out because i was waiting for this but yeah, I, 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 there was definitely some moments where it probably could have been paced a little bit better and some parts could have been written good, but I, oh, I'm always a sucker for, I had a surrogate dad for 16 years of my life and it's why I have the last name that I have now. I changed it. So I'm a very big fan of like the helping the kid who needs it. And I'm always there for a Batman immediately going for, again, the mayor's kid off of everyone else. And then he focuses on getting everyone else out of there. Like that kid was the first one to trust him. I thought that was a really nice touch. And uh, yeah, there was just some, I get very much get where it's a random, I need to take care of the thugs type of thing. I very much get that complaint and I'm not going to de deny that whatsoever because there was a little bit of that there, but yeah, it gives a good hope for stuff. And I like, you just see him looking like a grimy pile of crap going. Yeah. I need to do better. I I need to change tact. A little yeah. bit. I like that. It and everything after that 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 scene that I was talking about, I I was very into it. Just in terms of the imagery, in terms of thematically what it means, not only for him but for the city to be able to trust him, um, because I I think that some of the most tedious stuff in Batman stuff is the is the back and forth about whether or not you know people trust Batman or whatever. Just mm -hmm. like we yeah, can just, just do away with that. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and and I really loved that image of him with the flare leading yes. them yeah. out of the arena. I'm super excited for the spinoff HBO Max series where all of the people yeah. have to go get new uh, booster shots from walking in that fucking uh, flood water. <laughs> that's that's I, cool. <laughs> literally, literally, literally I, I like I was just like, oh, what a great image, and then like I just hit like it hit me while I was in the theater. I was like, oh. God. <laughs> They're not I'm supposed so to be excited that. for that penguin spin-off series and the Gotham PD series. Like 
I, I just want more of this fucking world. That's all I want of it. I, yep. I, I could give less of a shit about Black Adam. I mean, Aquaman 2 is going to be fine. The Flash might be uh, might be awesome, might be an unmitigated disaster. I'm not here to judge, but, you know, I just... How I they just, handle... They, it's either going to be very good or very bad. I don't have a feeling there'd be a middle I, ground because of how they handle the time travel. That's the one big factor to me. Yeah, that's, that's like, pretty much top priority. Yeah. yeah. Um... But Henry, your thoughts your thoughts um before we get into the future talk, mm-hmm. um your just thoughts on uh the last act? The last act, I mean, it kind of had some of the issues of like modern super movies, but honestly, I was so invested in the fucking world that I didn't really care. It's just whatever, just just you know whatever. I, I just really liked it. It was still pretty fun, you know, even even though Actually, one of the things I did like about it is that the Batman doesn't truly win at the end. Like, you know, like, yeah, he may have, like, solved the crime, but, like, the city is, like, in a new, like, state of peril. Like, he's, mm-hmm. like, the, the city's flooded. It, it's all, you know, it, it's been washed away. It, it's, like, a new playing field, and it's going to be nomad's land for Batman. I'm excited for that. Um, So, yeah, just my, my final thoughts on the third act are... Um, it's it's good, but it's not quite as it's not quite as strong as um as the first the first two acts and as far as like the fight scenes go, I definitely think my favorite of the hand to hand combat scenes all take place in the iceberg lounge. But what saves what saves um the um the stadium stuff is the at the end where you see Batman with the flare mm-hmm. kind of guiding guiding his yes. people oh, to God. safety. I, that was I great. literally I literally fainted after that scene. I'm not gonna say come because uh you know there were children in the theater. <laughs> I didn't want to I don't want to be inappropriate. Yeah. Um yeah, it's great. It was great. But since 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 we're already kind of talking about the future, um the, these these are my kind of five general ideas that i want to see in the future um this isn't like specific to one sequel or one spin-off um number one is no man's land yes like, no, yeah, no man's land that. is something they're already teeing up and they can do it in two different ways um for the penguin spin-off um you can basically adapt um a lot of like the penguin centric uh, moments from the comics and just kind of tell the story of how Oswald Cowlpot kind of rises to power. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that's exactly what the synopsis for that read. Um, yeah, the penguin and then, that way. Yeah. And then in the Gotham sent in the Gotham central series, um, that can be, that can be just a story of, of, um, Gotham's recovery and Mayor Rael actually, actually like sticking to um, her word and rebuilding Gotham to its former glory. Yeah, I really um, hope that she plays a larger role in that series. Yep. Um, yeah, absolutely. My number two is give give me give me the weirder um, Batman villains. Like yes, go go all in on calendar man setting up clues for Gotham. 
Yeah. I, Cal- I want sure. Mad Hatter Cal- so bad. Calendar Man, Mad Hatter. Um, Professor wanna- Pig, baby. Yes. Yeah. Pig. Is, is, he, is he a pig in the comics? No, he's... No, he just has a pig mask and he's a weirdo. <laughs> um, Dollmaker. The one, the one that I want um, specifically because Matt Reeves is like the guy, Clayface. Because I know, I know because of Planet of the Apes, he can really, he can really do the performance capture. Would you want Basil Carlo? That's that's like, um, it's it's either him or um, the other the other guy. There's there, there's like five. Different, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> He's just so amazing. Yeah, but <laughs> so many but if, it, if, it, if, it, if, it, if it's gonna if it's gonna be anyone, like it's probably gonna be um, Basil Carlo. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not picky, um, and then of course Mr. Freeze because if if anyone is going to redeem that character just from a live action standpoint, it's going to be Matt Reeves, mm-hmm. um, and I already have like fan casting ideas for him specifically. The one the one that I've always wanted is um, John Lithgow. Wow, yeah, that okay. would be inspired. I could see that. I, I would be a little bit weirded out by the Quayface one, one, but hey, you know, Matt Reeves could do it. You know, I, I, I trust him. Um, my number three, which we kind of talked about earlier, is Catwoman getting her own spinoff. Yes. Um, it can be just like six episodes and either a straight adaptation of When in Rome or or just like... I don't know, um, some some sort of follow up to, um, you know, kind of the aftermath of what happened in in this movie. Um, now now that Carmine Falcone is dead, we will hope may, maybe this is how we introduce the rest of the family specifically. Um, and I keep forgetting her name. Um, Car- um, Carmine's daughter, the one who in dark in Dark Victory gets like um, uh, disabled. Yeah. Uh, let me look up her name now. I I would say I I would be a little bit doubtful of like them exploring the Bat family in this series, mainly because like Sophia. the DCU is going to oh, Sophia. Like, there we go. Yeah, it's going to like be exploring like tons of these. Like you're going to get a Nightwing set up in bad girl you're gonna get bad girl and you got you know keaton's batman i think you're gonna get the the, the uh bat family in the main dc and you and you'll probably maybe get a robin you know in this one i don't know um well that's that's my point number four is um if if matt reed is going through the trouble of building a building a gotham universe then you can't you can you can only go so long, um, like you you can only avoid the Bat Family for so long, um, and I know CJ and I have talked about this um, in the past on Twitter that, to put it bluntly, Batman needs a Robin. Yeah, there's no point to Batman movies without Robin anymore, in my opinion. Um, I I, and also this movie goes so far out of its way to like. Like really, especially in the eyes of people who might think that the more sillier aspects of Batman are too silly for the movies, this movie goes out of its way 
to uh, to legitimize so much of that kind of stuff, then go full hog. Give me a Robin. Make him like ten to twelve years old. And yeah, just, no, that is that is. And uh, justify I'm kind of freaked out. And, just, and justify it. And justify it because like that, like and they teed themselves up for it. No, I'm so t- I like we've we've had you know jailbait Robin and freaking Bat in the Schumacher movies. That's fine. And they're good. I like Chris O'Donnell in those movies. It's whatever. Oh, yeah, he is, he, is, the, he is a good piece of meat. But like, no, like this is this movie every, and people are out here calling it the definitive Batman. It has, it very much has the potential to be that. This movie is the first like non, uh, the first like post Schumacher Batman, live action Batman to look Batman as a cultural concept, straight in the eye, accept it as it is, and take it seriously. Do it for oh, and um, to, to add to your point, um, and something I, I brought up earlier is, you know, this, this, this may be a Batman who is like kind of very DIY, but something, something that I really love about, about um, his crime, like his approach to crime fighting in this movie is, he is more than he's very open to collaboration, not just with Gordon, but with um, with Selena, mm-hmm. you know, even even like directly um, using her as like, as she calls it, um, a fish on a hook. But yeah. they're still they're still working together. They're still collaborating. Mm-hmm. So um, this this in the, in the middle, little parts of that and in between, you know. This this is this is a version of Batman who is willing to work with a Robin. Yeah. Um, I I, I, I just doubt if it was like a twelve year old, I'd be like, whoa, I'm, I'm if they're they, if they're going to do it, I would like the version of the Tim Drake who figures it out and then goes to him about it. I would like so something like that. So you want you want to maybe skip dick and and jason and go well i don't i wouldn't kind of even mind if they kind of just hobble podged some traits of i i don't exactly know how to say no 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 that's a great word i'm gonna use it yeah like like where they kind of like make it dick grayson but they kind of do it in a way to where they make it work whichever robin they choose they kind of mash it like i said hobble podge it into a robin to make it work so he has one well and one of the like, kind oh, of sorry, ways sorry. no uh, that's it that's all i really had just make it work in a way to where he has the traits of the robins you like but it is where the robin goes to him versus the him going to the robin kind of thing um the wonderful thing that this movie one of the wonderful things that this movie does i think this movie does a lot of wonderful things uh one of the wonderful things that this movie does is that it sort of reminds i keep doing this i'm so sorry it reminds me of batman forever in that uh, batman forever ends with like um bruce discovering or sort of coming to terms with his parents murder and realizing that like that is not the this sort of like thematic propulsion of his life anymore it's not because of that it's because it's something that he feels he has to do divorced from that. And I think this movie also plays with those same kinds of themes because towards the beginning of the film, he's like, it's about the fear, it's about the vengeance, about all that kind of stuff. And then he realizes that's being reflected 
back at him by all the stuff that the Riddler was doing and all of the people that the Riddler was inspiring. And so he's like, I have to do better. I have to be different. That is the same kind of arc to me. And I think that introducing Dick Grayson, um, it, uh, especially with Dick Grayson losing his parents, much like them, uh, uh, much like Bruce does, uh, narratively, I think that that gives you a lot of opportunity for Bruce to actually have to practice what he's preaching in the narration at the end of this movie and really dig down and find a way to try and pull this young kid out of that so that he doesn't become obsessed with it the way that he did. And that that is a, that is a great um, story for like a direct sequel um which again just is just goes back to my point batman needs a robin i would appreciate if they take an entire movie of figuring out that the robin would be capable but he does not become a robin for like a movie and a half i that's that's fine i don't i don't i don't mind waiting wait i don't i don't mind like having to earn the robin if that makes any sense yeah, I get it. Um, but I want and, Robin on the board. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and for my point number five, um, is the Court of Owls. Um, I, I I divorced this point from my number two, which was bring in bring in just the Rogues Gallery because the Court of Owls is something. Um, it's 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 big. It's mm-hmm. something that. I don't think you should do right away, but I also think I, I also think you don't have to wait too long either. Like, yes, the reason why that story is as effective as it was is because it builds upon what you already know about Gotham, about the Waynes, about about Batman himself. Um, but that story came out. Um, the same year as the new 52 where all of DC's books were being rebooted. So uh, it's kind it kind of exists in a weird, in a weird place, but cinematically I think Matt Reeves is a perfect director to just do that story. Mm-hmm. Under one condition, it can't, it obviously it can't be right away, but I'm thinking it's either it's either the plot of the third movie or it's like kind of the start of a new chapter. Yeah, I could see that because I don't think he's going to do anything too big soon because to again, the only thing we kind of didn't talk about from the movie is a direct quote where I had to look up who an actor was. And oh it, yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Where he quote unquote says this movie was not a Batman origin movie. This movie was a Rogues Gallery origin movie. Yeah. Which I think is a really cool idea. We don't need a Batman origin movie for crying out loud, we never need it again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um I I really oh well I'll let you I'll let you tee up that conversation. Sorry. Uh well actually what I was gonna ask you is um well first first of all, I want your general thoughts on the Court of Owls story, but I was also going to ask you, are there any um 
what was I gonna say? Um, are are there are there any other um, major Batman stories that you think Reeves is um, best equipped to tackle? Best equipped? Um, I don't know. Um, I think that he was suitably equipped for this story. Um, I, uh, but I, I'm I'm interested in seeing where he takes it. I think that um, with Court of Owls, I like Court of Owls. Um, I've never been sort of like over the moon about it the way other people are. I like I. I uh, um, uh, Scott Snyder is not my personal favorite Batman writer, but I, um, I, I don't know. Um, I don't really have any Batman stories that I want to be adapted directly, just because um, I, I like the surprise. I like to go there and be like, hey. This is how we're mixing and matching things, but That's I fair. would, I would love to see um, a. Uh, I guess the end of this movie kind of takes, uh, like, takes a bit of like a uh, like the setup of um, from uh, what is it zero zero hour? Is that the one where there was the flood? Um, well, there's zero hour, but there's also a no man's land too, where yeah. where Gotham is pretty much like a, qu a quarantine zone yeah um but I, there are characters i'd like to see i'd like to see there uh, there seems to be an express uh, like uh, an express effort to make this batman a lot more psychological i'd like to see hugo strange and leslie yes. thompson and tertiary characters uh come in and out of uh frame uh like i said i would i i i desperately want robin um and you know what she didn't make much of an impression but bring dory back she she can help yeah i like dory she she can help and uh her name should be harriet but like she's fine uh the um and uh no yeah I'd, oh i i got one i got a comic thing is it supposed to be like a super comic Accurate, it should be all the comics accurate. Uh, the webtoon, Batman Family Adventures. We want chocolate chip cookies in the next one. Matt yes, Reeves. yes, give us the chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I, uh, I'm just sort of excited to where it's going to go, with the exception of Barry Keegan. As I like Barry Keegan too, that's the thing, and um. I, he, I heard the rumor that he would be in this and that he would be playing that character. And I was we like, anybody actually <laughs> see him before before that. Um, um, dur during the funeral scene, like as as Bruce is like um, put pull, like pulling into the church, um, we we see like this guy mm -hmm. um, who looks like Barry Keegan at the very least, you know. Like we we see him, I guess, kind of as like a valet, or or something. So he he does he does make like a brief appearance before that um, that tease. We're spoiling things, right? We can just say yes. Oh yeah, Joker. Okay, so yeah, I would. Oh, man, I really like Barry Keegan. I think he's such a compelling 
presence. I'm just so goddamn tired of the Joker. I, I like. I wish he was playing. I would rather him be playing Condiment King than the fucking Joker at this point. But like, we're here. That's happening. Okay, I'ma support him. That's my man. I'ma stick. That, that was it's like, no, damn it. Why do you keep doing this to me? Why? That was one part of but that quote that Mike silenced me on is Matt Reeves' exact thing because I had to look up who that was. So I had no idea. Is that he is playing the Joker, but he is a character who has yet to actually become the Joker. Oh. Mm-hmm. God, so, do we need yeah, more great. Joker? Who cares? Here, here's here's what I'm hoping for. Um, you know how in in um, the Dark Knight trilogy, um, Killian Murphy plays um, Jonathan Crane, and like the Scarecrow is like one of the main villains in Batman Begins. But mm-hmm. in the other two movies, he's still, he's he's still yeah, he's he's still he's still around. He's still like there. I'm kind of hoping that um, Reeves like takes that approach with the Joker, but in reverse, where he's peppered in to like he's peppered in to um, the films, but he's kept in in the back pocket until until like a few chapters later and then he's ready to come back. Um, I just want a better Batmobile chase with the same car. Don't change the car. No, don't change the car. The car is perfect. The car is great. Um, uh, and I'm interested to see sort of what the new suit looks like and just in, in like a, a, a a sort of evolution and how to like crush those blacks a little bit better. And like, I don't mind the movie being dark, but I just want to see more of what's going on. Um, and I think that you can, I think there's a happy medium between that and, and creating the atmosphere that they want. Yeah. I, I was, I was going to say like um, there, there might be like, um, um, like a like a happy medium between um, what we see in the Batman versus the Gotham as depicted in Birds of Prey, Some, mm-hmm. something something kind of like like a combination of the two would be really yeah. cool. And and it doesn't have to be like a like a a, a, a slam to uh, to to that. I think that there is uh, a way that you can just. Because, again, Batman is new. All these villains are new. The fact that Gotham is like a place where all this kind of stuff can happen is they're growing. Uh, all the, all this, the rogues gallery and, and his colleagues are growing alongside Batman. I, I think that there is a way to gradually make Gotham a, a, a grimier and more bizarre place. Oh, yeah. So... And they, yeah. they play with lighting effects too. Like the most lit shot in that entire movie is when Bruce has his revelation about how I have to not be how I was. And then it's the most well lit thing. If they have more moments like that, I would kind of like to see more things like that where they actually play with time of day versus revelations and stuff. Yeah. Stuff yeah. like that could be in there. Yeah. I, I was talking with Mike earlier about like he mentioned like the weird like and when we reviewed it on my channel the weirdest thing that we'd like to see, and I mentioned the Lewis C Carroll 
the well, Louis, not Louis C. Carroll, good lord, Lewis Carroll, obsessed dude that like is looking for his Alice. I think that'd be one that'd be really bordering it. But if you're going to do one that requires CG, my God, I would love to see the version of what Matt Reeves does to make Kirk Langstrom turn into Man Bat. Watching that thing skulk around this version of Gotham City, I think could be some of the coolest shit I've ever seen on screen. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm 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 playing I'm playing like that scene in my head right now, and yeah, I'm getting yeah. goosebumps. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with them doing all sorts of goofy random like Professor Pig making his dollatrons and stuff like that, all that different random stuff. I'm okay with it. Just if we're going to do one, that's just we're gonna throw one of the weird ones at the wall that would be really out there. I kind of would like Man Bat because he's kind of the most underused one in my opinion. He's a weirdo, <laughs> like a real weirdo, but. We'll see. And like you said, I would just like one thing that what I always had the problem with, like with Fox, they had the X-Men for crying out loud. If they didn't have their heads up their own asses about some things, they could have made an entire cinematic universe just out of X-Men movies. And oh, come on. Yeah. Star Jammers movie and everything. <laughs> it's But with Batman, it, again, if you play your cards right, you can do Ah, shit ton of stuff with just Batman characters. Mm -hmm. So about the whole let's reunite everything, I would be very okay for a long time if Batman just stayed at the neighbor's house. I'd be okay with that. I yeah, I am I, that's I'm, not gonna happen, but <laughs> I am super disinterested, not disinterested, I'm like I'll take it if it comes, but I I'm not uh clamoring for everything to be connected again um yeah like do something I different really like to make your own little worlds i i like peacemaker i like all that stuff i even like wonder woman 1984 i like all of these different little pockets of yeah. dc where everybody can have a taste of whatever they like give me Give me an oh, I'm a DC. I'm not a Batman person. I'm a DC Comics person. Give it to give it all to me. Give me Dial H for Hero. Give me fucking Detective Chimp. Oh my God. Give me give me Streaky the Super Cat. One of us. What 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 are you talking about? What is what is what is this nonsense? Warner brother. Can we have Snowflame, please? Oh Warner my brother. God, Snowflame. <laughs> if you're listening, Warner Brothers, you give me a week. With a controlled substance of my choice and a change of drug, <laughs> I could bust you out a streaky to super cat movie like that. <laughs> but just to spring off what you said earlier about have, about all these different pockets of DC, if anything, that that approach feels more like like DC Comics on the page. Yeah. Um, then, then like the MCU, because like, even like these all can even exist in the same universe, but like, Agreed. but, but like, just what, like when you're there. reading, when you're reading different comics by different creative teams, even if they, even if they like, you know, even if editorial says they exist in the same universe, the writers are like, no, no we don't. yeah, sure. But this is my story. Yep. That's, mm -hmm. that's the approach I kind of want for. DC movies moving forward, like, sort of like tell, stuff, right? tell your story. Yeah, it'd be like have one company do it. Like it's exactly you could each have your own things. If you want to have something super connected, 
Marvel has their stuff figured out for eons. DC, in my opinion, would actually be kind of smart to just go, remember the mid-90s or early 2000s when they were good where we had that hero's story and we just did a bunch of stuff with that person and they got to live in their own little world? I kind of miss that a lot, man. Yeah, but that should be like for DC, you know. I, I feel that's I feel exactly. Like I'd be like very okay with that. that. Like and and that and that doesn't mean we can't we can't have crossover films. Like Black Adam is is quietly turning into a Justice Society movie. Yeah, not even quietly anymore. They're pretty. Oh loud no, about it, it. it just it just is Justice Society. <laughs> yeah, but like I feel like that movie's just gonna be okay, you know, because I'm not a big fan of the director behind it. I I I'm I just want to see it for um, the Justice Society because I'm a big fan of that team. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, also, what a, what a casting coup! Pierce okay, I I lost my shit when they're like, "Doctor Fate's going to be played by Pierce Bros," and I'm like, "One more time! How perfect is that?" <laughs> oh. So yeah. steal my heart. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to just to distract you again, Mike. That's all good. <laughs> um, so we're almost approaching two and a half hours. So oh, Jesus. Um, I, knew, I knew it was going to be long. Yeah, we were we were prepared for this. Um, Henry, I'll start with you. Your just final thoughts on the Batman. Okay, I'm gonna say this again. I I really love this movie. Again, I'm more of a Marvel guy. Like to say this movie is fantastic is a big leap there. I, again, I I just want to know more about this world. I, I want to see. I, I know it's not gonna happen, but I want to see this this world's Bat, uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, more of the Batman stuff there. I I just want it to be. I, I just want to focus on this world. I know hot take, but I just I I really I love I love this universe. I'm so excited to see what Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves do for the next couple of movies. And I'm excited for the Penguin show and the fucking PD show. I'm, I'm really excited, man. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. CJ, your thoughts? Um, like I said, I have my I have my qualms, but overall, I really, really enjoy it. I think I'm very excited to see it again tomorrow. I think that um, most of the performances are great. I think from a production design standpoint, top to bottom, it's good. And it's really um uh of a piece with these other recent dc movies like aquaman like wonder woman 1984 that are kind of mood boards mm-hmm. for these characters um and um and i that's that's totally what i love to see so i'm uh thumbs up from old siege brock cj approves i i i loved it i this is the the best version of Gotham ever. I legit felt like I was in Gotham City for a lot of this. Like I said, the atmosphere work, it's my favorite Batman movie ever by a, by a long shot. All of it just, it made, felt like they had nailed what, in my opinion, Batman should feel like. Just, I want a little bit more of that. Don't be afraid to experiment with lore a little, like the Arkham stuff where it's not a huge thing, but bring it out in a light that not a lot of people have heard of. And then, like, if you want to introduce some stuff out of order, be like, throw my girl Huntress in there. Do some stuff like that. Bring in Cassandra Kane before maybe some other people if you want to do some cool moves. It just do, like, don't be afraid to play with the sandbox a little. I'm one of those people that likes to see cool stuff brought out the way it is, but I'm not going to be upset if you do it in an honestly well-written way to break off canon a little 
I would not be upset. As long as you're committed and you got a good story, you can experiment because I won't see it coming and I'll be excited about that. Yeah. Well, well said. Um, This is the last time I'm going to make this comparison, but the Batman is a Batman sausage. And that's like the highest compliment I can give every, everything that has come before Matt Reeves has taken all those elements, wrapped it in a casing of his own sensibilities and made like probably the most compelling version of the character. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to call this my favorite Batman movie ever, but it's, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to argue against this being like the best singular at a singular adaptation of, of the character of Gotham of, um, just the experience of the of of Batman from the pages of the comics, and I hope I hope to see many more movies with Pattinson with Reeves behind the camera, and I'm very much looking forward to what whatever is built from this foundation. Yes. Give me um, that. Oh yeah. And on that note, um, that brings this episode to a close. Um, this this was a lot of fun. I hope we get to do this uh, more often. Oh, Before we get out of here, uh, Henry, where can everyone find you online? Well, I'm going to be, I'm the non-Kino cinephile on Twitter. I'm writing for Geeked Worldwide. And I'm going to be releasing my first few articles this month and also my sixth short film. So I'm, it's going to be a busy month wow. for uh, the uh, cinephile. Nice. You know? Nice. Awesome. You know, you, you got you to gotta, you gotta hustle, man. Yeah. Doing a lot, I maybe. don't doubt it. Uh, and CJ, where can everyone find you? I'm uh, at CJ period. That's C-E-E-J-A-Y in the word period. Uh, I, I'm assuming you know how to spell it. On Twitter. And... <laughs> Uh, uh, and Instagram. Uh, I also have a newsletter that I send out sometimes called Monoplex. Um, send me uh, this now. I demand the, it. <laughs> um, uh, if you want a little bit more um, insight to how I feel about car chases and movies, I have uh, an essay over there called Road Warrior. Nice. Uh, and uh, that's really fun. I used to host a podcast called Below Freezing with CJ and Micah, where we uh, uh, unthawed different movies that came in at or below 30%, uh, 32% on Rotten Tomatoes. Is this the Micah I'm thinking of? Probably not, if you don't live in Kansas City. <laughs> okay, no, no, I just said you, you're, you're friends with Mike and we've rolled in the same film groups. So no, 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 no. Okay, oh, got, yeah. it, got it, got it. Okay, all right. Uh, but uh, yeah, that podcast is still available if you want to listen to those episodes. There's three seasons of it, um, and uh, that is about it for me. All right, Brock, where can everyone find you? Basically, everywhere at Organoid Zero, just mostly on Twitch, everywhere and, and nowhere, everywhere exactly, <laughs> and on YouTube, mostly where I do a crap load of work with Mike and anyone who is kind enough to do guest spots. It's mostly review work. Fresh takes where you just go back, look at anything. We're currently uploading Neon Genesis Evangelion, but we're working on another one that I'm quite excited about. So, yeah. Hell yeah. 
you guys can find me on Twitter at CaptainK42. You can check out all my quick thoughts on letterbox.com slash CoachK42. And you can find me in all the various Facebook groups just at my name. You can check out Renegade Pop Culture on Facebook and Twitter at Ren Pop Culture. You can also find us on Podchaser and on the Banana Meter. You can listen to all of our podcasts on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. And last but not least, everything can be found at renegadepopculture.com. Need an escape? So do we. That'll do it yeah. for this episode of Renegade Capes. We will catch you guys later. Peace out.